specifically, but give me a second, then we'll go. Bam, we're live. Is this a big deal today? Is this a big episode or something? No. No. Yes, 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 yes. No. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Yes, yeah. Uh, the, she, she, Sarah is one of those guests, though, where people are like, I can't believe you got Sarah. I'm like, easy. Easy. We also got easy. We also we did get easy. Yeah, we got easy Muhammad. What are you talking about? We get Sarah, Sarah. Sigmund's daughter, easy, easy. Uh, just Haley Adams, th- those two guests, not like we, no one said that about Alexander Volkanovsky, but for some reason, Haley Adams and uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, people are like, You got them, you got them, dude. I was looking at the I was looking at the uh, Spotify numbers yesterday. Holy shit, I need to send you guys those. It's nuts, it, it, it's crazy. Bad they don't pay Spotify and iTunes. Sorry, really too bad they don't pay. Can we go live on Spotify or iTunes? Do they do live live? Not Are there live know. podcasts? Does anyone know that? Can I call in and ask if she shaves or waxes? Dude, Tom, you do you, brother. You do do. I know you got this number on your speed dial. I was always wondering how many people save this number. I almost called in yesterday when you tried to keep me away from Rob. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, excuse me, am I, I'm supposed to be on the show. Oh, man, you were so great yesterday. Thank you, Brian, for doing that. Well, really, those um, two, it was two years that I worked. Now, you know, I, I worked, I helped him with his event, just get some coverage for his event down there at Wadapalooza. And it was, he was awesome. I mean, just hanging out, super easy to talk to, approachable guy, really passionate about what he was doing. So it was, it was really nice. Yeah, he's a good dude. Dylan, uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter is not a fighter. I think you're only supposed to give money when there's fighters. Oh my goodness, Dylan changed his profile picture because his other one was like that he was climbing a rope. Yeah, it's like and, a and like I was always fire. staring at his ass, and I, I was always like <laughs> examining whether he was eat his shorts were eat, uh, his ass was eating his shorts, and it wasn't, but but it needed to be. But he changed his uh, profile pic. Now it's with his hot chick. That's awesome. Do you see this comment this guy Brian just made? And she's just adorn. Uh, no, let me see. Where's Brian? <laughs> Brian looks like Liver King and Fraser had a love child. Wow. Wow. Hey, Sarah, I hope you're going to make a dramatic entrance. I see your... Oh, look, I said, hey, Sarah, my Siri turned on. Shut it, Siri. I, I was trying to decide how I could make it as dramatic as possible, but then I just started listening to you guys, so I, yeah, lost focus. My, it is a good show like that. We do that. We, we do that to people. They, their whole shit gets unraveled when they start listening. Yeah, exactly. Get focused on it. Uh, let's get OPT back on to tell Sarah she doesn't do CrossFit. Grand, be nice. Come on. Wow. Come on, what a, we we had we had James Fitzgerald from OPEX on it. There was a dispute on what CrossFit is and what CrossFit isn't. But 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 let's not drag Sarah into this. Good morning. You're in Dubai. Looks like she's frozen. Um, that's because she's in Iceland. She left the door open and she froze. Yeah, I froze, but I'm back now, guys. You Are won't you get rid of me so easily. Are you in a podcast studio? Where are you? No, this is a lab. <laughs> so I'm actually in Dubai uh, training for the Dubai Championships. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and I'm 
Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Or am I freezing? You froze for a second. We heard you're you're being held hostage in Dubai. Yeah, mayday, mayday. Dubai by my best friend, uh, and uh, so I came here in July. Then I came back in October, and then I left for t- oh, the room shit, that I've been Sarah. staying in. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, but it's breaking but you're in and out. But you're in and out, girl. Yeah, you're breaking up a lot. It's okay. These things are normal for our show. We don't have a good show. Yeah. Uh, it's been pretty good recently. Oh, thank yeah. you. This yeah. has been par for the I'm course about the eight months ago. Still. Yeah. Let's hope this works. Watch this move right here. Bam, I just added her Instagram. That's your Instagram, right? I just put an at and smooshed your name together. Yeah. That's 100% correct. Thank you. But do you know my first name, Sivan? <laughs> I, ha- I, 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 I've heard it many times. Yes, I've heard it. I've heard it said many times. Yes, correct. Quick, Matt, save me. Google that shit. Uh, um, it's not. Uh, no, I don't. But I've heard it many times. Tell me. Yeah. Have you, you watched don't. the show Vikings? Uh, no, but my wife was obsessed with it. Yeah, so there's a guy there called Ragnar. What's like, the first letter? What's the first letter? Ragnar. With an R? So that's the male version of my first name. Ragnar. 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 And so so you're my Ra- name is Rag- Ragnheiður. Yes, there we are. <laughs> so that's the female version of uh, Ragnar. That's impressive. That's in Google. Google knows your full name. Google yeah, knows you it. You don't even know it. And I'm doing a <laughs> podcast with you. Like, and, and I have two pages of notes, but I don't know your name. Yeah, Classic. Exactly. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Um, say, it okay, me one, say it for me well, one more time for me. <laughs> Ragnheiður. Ragnar Heidish. Ragnar Heidish. <laughs> Rag- Ragnheiður. <laughs> Seven, check Snorri's comment. Oh, Snorri's on here. It's actually not her Instagram. Here is Sarah. Oh, shit. I got it. This show is a fucking mess already. Sorry, Snorri. (laughs) Hey, you know what's funny? I'm on your Instagram page, and I, I, I don't know your name, and I'm staring right at your Instagram's page, and I still screwed it up. How's that, Snorri? Hey, Snorri, if you have any other shit that's wrong, too, just jump in there. Just jump in there. Yeah. And they say the 2015 games, and it's really the two. Correct Brian on some shit. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, so let's. So we haven't had a breakup in a second, so let's go back to it. Um, you're in Dubai. You flew to Dubai. You left yeah. Dubai. You flew to Dubai. You're at a friend's house, and the plan is to, um, to uh, – compete in the in this dubai fitness challenge yeah so so now it's been seven months since i um had my acl surgery so i'm in i've been in rehab and i'm working with a physio here in dubai so i decided in july that i would just come here and train a little bit meet him in person and yeah do some work with him um and then i mean the real story is I think two days after surgery, I went for a checkup and I asked the doctor, I was like, so when can I start competing again? And he's like, ah, oh, 
I would say eight to 12 months. And I was like, eight months. That means December. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep you to that because uh, there's this competition in Dubai that I would love to compete at and like break the ice of competing again. And uh, so that's still the focus. But uh, as everybody knows that has uh, gone through injury, it's ups and downs and you never know where your body's at. So like one day I'm 100% 100% going to compete. And then the next day I'm like, oh no, I can't even do this and I can't do this. So it's been a bumpy road, but the focus is still set on Dubai. So at least I'm here and I'm doing everything I can. Uh, three questions around that. Are, are, are you allowed to say that that phrase break the ice if you're from Iceland? That seems like it would be like a no. Yeah, but only Icelandic people are allowed to say it. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I had yeah. it backwards. Uh, two, two, um, I, I hear the um, Dubai Fitness Challenge is a world class beatdown. That yeah. it is a it, why why come back there? And are you prepared? Are you taking it? Is it a test run? or Are you going to have that pressure on you to uh, no. to start and finish? Like my main goal, of course, is the games twenty twenty two. I don't need to be like how I'm thinking about it is that. I'm working with a new coach now that I started working with after the Games 2020, which was my last competition. I haven't competed out on a competition floor since Waterpalooza 2020, and it's almost two years. So I'm just looking at this of like, okay, will competing in Dubai help me with my main goal in August? And why will it help me? And that's like, okay, I need to get experience with my coach on a competition weekend of like how I react how he reacts how we can like um yeah like mix our thoughts and work well together for the big competition like I'm looking at Dubai that there's no pressure there uh I'm testing my fitness I'm testing where I stand what I need to work on and I'm testing working with a coach and yeah just like It was too good to be true. Do you know who, you know who her co- coach is? Sava? No, no, I don't. <clears throat> Max El Oh no, shit. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh. So, sorry, Sarah. We weren't talking over you. You froze, and then like you we have an obligation. Yeah, you're unfrozen, and so we have an obligation to like make noise when you freeze. If we talk, we just talk to yeah. st- so that the people, the, the listeners, don't like switch to another channel. Like they don't switch to like Talking Elite Fitness or something. Uh, and Brian, you can take a bathroom break. She's dropping dates and she's doing your job. She's like got all the dates down. She knows all her competitions. You can take a shit or something if you want. I I, I have one story. I'll just sit on it until the opportune moment. Okay. Uh, Sarah, um, two, two things off of that. Uh, one, I, I, you're 29 years old now. Sarah, are you 29? Wait, you have been freezing and coming back. Well, where was what was the last thing are, I said? Are you tw- you're 29 now? Yeah, I'm 29 now. Um, and I I don't but think I talked to 29 at this like time is like the new 19 in my opinion. Of course, of course. And and 49 is is like <laughs> I'm a zygote. I was just born. Um, and if you and if you really yeah, want to exactly. be re- <laughs> yeah, if you want to really be reborn, just get canceled, and you just get a whole new. You get a whole all your shit just thrown out in here. You get all new shit. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Sarah, um, I I don't think I've talked to you since some since Carson, maybe two thousand. 
16 or 17? Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Four, four or five years. Sounds about right. Um, you yeah. are so um, uh, and, and I know I've only spoken with you at the games, but you are so sh- uh, much sharper than I remember. Your words are maybe it's just maturity, maybe it's the scene, but like you're so, um, whew, uh, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. You, there was always I, something. Like, I've, go ahead. When you met me, I just started speaking English for the first time in public. Like, <laughs> I've, I've done a few interviews and a few talks since then. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It's crazy about this when you say that too, because I can't even imagine like having to do an interview in Armenian, which was my first language, or in Spanish, which I took in in public school for you know six years. I, I would, I would run and hide. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I was in the beginning. I was like, "Do I really have to do this interview in English?" And now I'm like, "Oh shit, am I doing an Icelandic interview?" And then I'm just like slanging so much because I have the English word in my head, and I'm like, "How do I say this again in Icelandic?" <laughs> oh wow, wow! Do you speak any other languages? We learn Danish and Spanish in school, but no. <laughs> just hola. Yeah, hola. <laughs> Do you know if Annie speaks Danish still? Probably. I mean, Frederick is Danish, so she, she must speak it in his family or something. I don't know. If she, hey, have you have you have you erased um, Instagram posts of yours or archived them? Have you thinned your Instagram uh, account? No. No. It's interesting because so your first post was on March sixteenth, two thousand thirteen, and it's really just it's all. Um, fitness. There is no like, there's no picture of you like out with your friends smoking cigarettes or like you know like <laughs> at some sort of Icelandic sporting event or there's like, no. My my first post is the best post is like, so I I didn't like Facebook or MySpace or, and then Instagram came and I was like why do I have to make this Instagram thing like this is a lot, and I'm I'm not a very pub or was not a very public person and then my best friend she's like you have to have this Instagram thing I'll make it for you and then we got a free bag when we went to a grocery store and we thought it was so amazing so my first post was about a free grocery bag that we got <laughs> and, it, and it was on my and it was on my birthday March 16th oh uh, <laughs> it was meant to be yes. I got a birthday <laughs> gift for you yes <laughs> um I'm tripping on your interpretation of what your doctor told you. Your doctor told you that your first competition could be in, what did he say, 8 to 12 months? He said that I could possibly compete. And he said to me, you're not going to win. And you're not going to be in top shape, but you can compete if you want to. And I was like, that's good enough. Because So you had the surgery on April 12th. Yeah. And then he told you you couldn't ride a bicycle. I'm a, and when I say bicycle, I'm assuming like the C2 or the assault bike. You couldn't ride yeah. a bicycle for eight weeks and that when you could get on it, you could get on it for five minutes. Yeah. And then slowly I added one minute. I was literally dying. <laughs> so I had in mind um, through like straight after surgery that I could bike, I could do upper body, but um, like the flexion on the knee when you're biking was not optimal and yeah so the the physio just said to me like you can just take now six weeks completely off let your body heal like when's the last time that you took like five days off and I was like 
it's been 84 years. Like it's been forever since I actually rested. Right. So I just looked at it in that kind of way of like, okay, I'm just going to let everything heal for about, yeah, six to eight weeks. Like I started doing upper body after four weeks. And that was like, you have to watch out that when you're doing pull-ups that you don't drop to your right leg and you have to watch out if you fall, you have to watch out if your grips like rip. And I was just like, I was overthinking everything. So actually when I wanted to train, the only thing that I was thinking about is what could go wrong and how I would possibly ruin the new ACL and would have to get surgery again. So I was like, okay, what am I going to benefit from doing something now when I have almost two years or one and a half year to be at my optimal best? Like, okay, I can look at it like this, that I'm just going to let my body heal a little bit. Uh, All the aches and stuff that have come through the years from competing, like let that heal. And then starting from a, a fresher body when I'm, when I get the green light and get like hungry to train again and not having this worry, like constant worry and overuse my upper body. So when I'm finally allowed to train, I'm like, well, my shoulders are now bad and my elbows. And so I just looked at it that kind of way. I'm like, okay, four to eight weeks of almost doing nothing. And then four weeks of just like, well, rehab, of course I did rehab every day. And Um, uh, yeah, so it was a, it was a rough time. (laughs) I'll admit that. Are you going to work out today or did you work out today? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 7 PM where you're at. Okay. And what did you do today? Oh, I had such a good day. So I went to the track and PR my all time one K running time. And that's a huge shock. Like I got a green light on running four weeks ago and, uh, was very nervous for this session because like the pacings that, uh, my coach set and uh, and then it was like in the end 1k for time and I was just like dreaming about like will I be able to hit sub four minutes come on now and uh, so I was super happy with uh, a track session Who's do you think that, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that maybe your body composition has changed from um, it, it, from a bodybuilder? And I say bodybuilder because we do so much lifting and CrossFit and and yeah. running. To you, you were doing less pull-ups, you were doing less deadlifts, you were doing less jerks, and so maybe your body composition changed to what maybe human beings are more naturally meant to do, which yeah. which I think is running. You think any yeah, of that has think, anything to do with it? Yeah, I think it was that, and also just the combination of I've been doing so much rehab work for my legs and for my glutes and for my hips and everything. So that's like now when I'm running, I'm actually using my legs instead of before I was just like so tight in my upper body and just yeah, like you're almost just lifting your legs. So I think that a little bit of uh, yeah, the rehab has like transferred into a lot of things now. It's- so you're so you're running. Sorry, Brian. So you're running, and do you have any concerns while you're running? Um, what what's the mental like? So you know you hurt your back. Not you personally. I'm just saying people in general. You hurt your back, and the next time you deadlift, it's you're always like, oh fuck, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? Yeah. When you're running, That's are you just biggest, like, okay? Yeah. yeah, this is the biggest challenge now. Of like, some days are good, some days are bad, and it's like when the knee is stiff and when it gets swollen, you panic. You're like, oh no. What have I done wrong? What, like, am I going to go training now? And my ACL is going to tear again. Like I'm doing lifts now and I'm still thinking about when I heard the click in my knee and I'm like, please don't hear the click. Please don't hear the click. And I don't know how many times that I only because I know what weight is on the bar. Like I just got a green light 
this week, or uh, sorry, last week, to go over like 135 in snats and then over 155 in clean and jerks. Like I haven't hit any real weights yet, but last week was the first time that I got a green light. And I was just like, just because I knew what was on the bar, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to go through everything again. Uh, I'm going to hear the click as soon as I'm doing the dip for the split jerk. I'm going to hear the click as soon as I'm doing this. Like your body starts just like, telling you to back off and be comfortable and watch out like everything bad is going to happen and then I have this other voice in my head that's just like if it clicks it clicks and you just go through it again you're still alive <laughs> you can go through it again like you can't live in fear of re-tearing because then I'm never gonna reach my goal it's kind of so like going I in for a for like a tackle in soccer or football. Like if you're hesitant, you're probably going to get hurt. If you go yeah, for it, exactly. you'll probably be the fine. The more you think about getting hurt, the more likely you're <clears> going <throat> to get hurt. The more like the less you commit to the actual thing that you're doing because you're in fear, and your body when it's in fear it holds back. And I'll that's just like people say that like straight after surgery is the hardest time, like for the ACL tear. It's so far from it. Like now, the last month has been the hardest month that I've experienced since I tore the ACL. Because it's just like you're starting to add movements where you knew you could do. And all of a sudden, there's this new knee that doesn't listen as much as it did before. Like, <laughs> Have you had a chance to talk to any other elite athletes that have had uh, ACL recovery? Uh, no. Like I talked a little bit to... Uh, uh, there's a pro soccer player in Iceland. Actually, her name is Sarah also. And she toured when she was pretty young, when she was 17. And uh, that's probably the only only pro athlete that I've talked to. I don't know about that many that have torn their ACL. Like, I mean, <coughs> Tom Brady has done it. So maybe I'll just talk to him later. Yeah, tell Snorri he needs to hook it up with Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. Uh, my favorite number is also 12. So we have that in common. <laughs> Uh, look at this person. This person put Sarah. You're so lucky to that Sevon invited you onto the podcast. You should buy a lot of. Oh no, I read that wrong. So Sevon, you're lucky. Ah, oh, fuck off. Uh okay. <laughs> so, so it, 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 uh, the only thing since I've never been an athlete, the only thing I was thinking of like comparing it to, it's like it's like if your girlfriend cheats on you, then for the next five years, you're just like shit. Is she cheating on me again? Yeah. That's you're like the only compare. Yeah. yeah, your ACL is like that. You're just like you heard it once, and now you're like, oh shit, is this fucker gonna cheat on me again? Yeah, like is he gonna or is my left knee gonna like be bad now because I've done so much work on my right knee, so the left knee is gonna be the bad one. And like you just can't think about what happens happens. Yeah, and I have such a huge belief in that everything happens for a reason, and the ACL tear will be a blessing after a year. I'm sure of it. Like. It has taught me so many things and yeah, it's just like, I think every athlete needs to go to this, I, would, I don't want to say bad place, but to this like hard place of you can either give up or you can keep on going. Like you can choose these two lanes and it never even occurred to me that my time had come and that I would just like do something else now because I had a serious injury. I was just like, okay. My body isn't doing what it's supposed to do. What can I do now that it won't happen again? And what can I learn from this? And what what did this ACL teach me? And where am I going? Like, what am I going to use now from this 
I don't know. I say the universe just stopped me on purpose for some reason. And uh, and finally, I'm getting the green light on going again. Why not? Why not um, just stop this? Like, is any part of you like, okay, okay, this, this, I, this was good. This was cool. Uh, dial this shit back and, um, you know, hunker down with my clothing line. Um, maybe get into acting. Um, pursue. Why? Why not? Because I'm an athlete and I haven't reached my goal and I'm hungry to reach that goal. And I think that I've always been pretty, I don't know, I've always loved the athlete life the most of everything. Like I've gotten so many opportunities. And like you say, like my clothing line and everything, like that's just a bonus to the athlete life. The athlete life is going to be now for, I would say, three to five years. I'm I'm just guessing how much my body can tolerate. Like I have so much more left in the tank that hasn't been brought out yet that needs to be brought out. And uh, like I need to show to myself what I'm capable of doing. And I think that I've done so many mistakes throughout the years. And yeah, I'm so ready to get it out of the system. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you mean you've done so many mistakes? By the way, when you came onto the scene, I thought you were going to just take over. I remember your first year in Carson. I was like, holy shit. This, it hap- I, the, the female Rich Froning has shown up. I mean, you were just <laughs> so – you were so dominant. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, she was there that year. But it wasn't Sarah, actually. It wasn't Sarah. Oh, right. It was Tia. Yeah, and it, and it was so. It's actually really kind of crazy when you look back at it because I think a lot of people had the same thought as you. That's this girl Sarah. Like, no, you know, well, there were you know her and Tia. No one had heard of you, either of them, and they're both right there battling for the end of the weekend. But I think everyone was looking at Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I was in first place until the last event, and then I messed up the last event because I. Like, I think my problem has always been that I don't look at myself as an athlete because I don't have the same background as most of the girls there. And I think that in the last workout, I just gave up when I got a small obstacle. I couldn't climb that packboard. I didn't give up on the packboard. Uh, yeah, like, I, I just did some rookie mistake of just, like, my thought has always been that I should always work when I... Um, under the time of tension like you're you have these seven minutes or don't remember what the cap was to climb the packboard some people just looked at it because there weren't so many girls that actually got the packboard but I wanted to get one like I knew I could if I would try extra hard and and then I didn't in the end and got like lost my head a little bit in the last workout I like I knew this would happen I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be here. I'm only lucky. This won't ever happen again. Uh, Like I was just, all these crazy thoughts were going through my mind in in the seven minutes of, that could have been the most important seven minutes of my life. Like, like parallel hands and pushups is my biggest strength. And I was failing them because my head was somewhere else because I just wanted it too much but I was afraid of wanting it and it was better to fail than to actually achieve what I could achieve. This is actually is a great story. <clears throat> and I think that this, a similar thing happened to Tia the next year, which mentally yeah. was what held her back. Yeah. And, and speaking of Ray Froning, I, I don't know when it was, but he used to say, he's like, look, 
the top 10 athletes or so at the games, like they're all incredible and they all have the potential physically to win. The difference is up here. It's It's all between the ears. Like, and I mean, that's also what Dave tests and tests it good. Like he's very good in testing it of like testing your mental sides with your physical sides. And I think those are the mistakes that I've made throughout the years is that I haven't trusted myself well enough and what I'm capable of doing and believed in it. And yeah. And when something is, I would say like this year was taken from me, <laughs> like I, I, it's been so hard to watch everybody compete and to be on the other side and, and not being able to bike even the first eight weeks. Like I've been such, such a victim to myself <laughs> and I was just like, why is this happening to me? Why? Why did like why doesn't this happen to Tia that has won four years in a row and and it's just unstoppable? Why is this happening to me? Like you start victimizing yourself and and like pointing fingers at other people of like why is why is she lucky? It's not like that. Like everything happens for a reason and there's a reason why 2015 happened to me of like why I experienced that fail. Why why I had to go through everything that I have been through someone, someone, uh, Kevin, Kevin wrote, this is a grueling sport to be a professional. It is grueling. That is, but it's a fun sport. And it's what I love about it is that it challenges you to just, you have to be good in everything. And, and I mean, all of a sudden, like they're going to be testing climb walls and everything. Like you just like rope was 2019. We had to learn how to shoot. It's just, I've learned so many things. And like you say, why not just quit? Like I have so much more left that I want to do before I'm able to quit. And like today I was just taking a sandbag and dumbbells to the beach and I was swimming in the ocean and then doing dumbbell workouts. And I was just like, is this really my life? Like this is too good to be true that I'm able to be here in Dubai training. And like, it's so like, I'm so thankful for what I have achieved and where I'm at and I want to achieve more like, cause I know that I can do more. Is, is, um, is all of this stuff that you're saying, st- how, how do you know this stuff? Do you, do you, did you read it in a book? Do you have a therapist <laughs> or is this just from lying on that hospital bed and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and tears rolling down your face and, and, and going inside? Like, I think it's just a combination of doing uh, long swims and having to think. No, like it's just like a mix of reading books and you see something that like matches with you. So I've been reading. Uh, I love to read books just to get knowledge. And so now I'm trying to have a comeback. So I'm reading this book called the Comeback, uh, the Com- Champions Comeback, and it has all these amazing stories about athletes that have had obstacles. And nobody believed in them, but they still came back because of resilience, because of stubbornness, because they believed they could. And I think that's something that I've, yeah, that's, that's a mix of the mindsets, mindset that I have is like, yeah. Did Max buy you that book or does Snorri buy you that book or does your dad buy you that book? Who buys you that book? Myself. You do. Yeah. And, And how did you find it? I read this, uh, they have another book called, uh, I think it's called Champion's Mind or something. And 
like you're on Instagram and somebody posts a book and you just screenshot it and then you you t- like read what it's about and if it uh, resonates with you or not. And I think that I'm just I love to get information from other athletes and around me and yeah, so it's just a mix of stuff that I've seen on the internet and then I just buy it and and read it. Yeah. I mean, the name says everything, right? Oh, yeah. And it makes me so – I don't know the book at all, but it makes me so happy that you have that. Sarah, something – I don't know why. I don't know. um, Are are you lonely? Lonely? Yeah. No. No, you're not lonely. Never. Why? I I don't know. For some reason, I got that impression that – uh, and and it's not fair. I don't I don't know how I picked it up, but basically that uh, that you were lonely. That somehow you felt alone. That's why you, and you had gone to Dubai because something was there. Like like you're chasing something. But I think no, some you're of not our lonely. best friends are there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I just think that. So how I look at my life. And I don't mean to project that onto you. So, sorry, I don't mean to. I, I, but but for some reason, I I I was getting I, I was getting that. Yeah. But there's no, something no, no. about I, no. You're not a lonely person. No, I'm definitely not a lonely person. I'm very lucky with people around me also. But but I'll I'll admit that when you're injured, you feel that you're alone sometimes because you're going through some stuff and you maybe don't share everything. Right. But like I have all my friends and I have so many people around me that support me and and I'm definitely not lonely. And mm-hmm. I'm also just looking at life. Like the reason why I'm in Dubai is like, I have maybe four to five years, or like I said, we're three to five years of being a professional athlete. And I have the opportunity to actually travel the world and do my job wherever. And then after three to five years, I want to settle down. I want to have a family and I want to, yeah, want to be based somewhere. But in these three to five years, I want to travel the world and I want to meet new people. And like, I'm such a free spirit. And that's uh one of the benefits of being a professional okay. athlete is that that's I, I maybe what i'm go. maybe Sorry. that's what i'm maybe that's what i'm picking up on you're yeah. a free spirit you don't want you you yeah um i, I don't know if this is a serious question would sevon ask a, a, a man that if i knew any men i would ask him that i don't know any men i just know bitches uh <laughs> next question um uh and i know brian is lonely so there's no need to ask him that and rub it in his face um <laughs> So you go, why, why are your friends in Dubai? Who's in Dubai? Why, why aren't your friends in Iceland? So I think doing CrossFit, you compete at many places in the world and you meet people like I met people at European regionals. And then uh, from there, I competed at some small European competitions. And there I met my now best friend, Carmen Bosmans, and she moved to Dubai 2016 to work. So she's a coach here in Dubai. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have a few friends in Iceland, but none of them are athletes. But it's good to go to a place. Uh, where. So she used to be a, a competitor in CrossFit. But now she's uh, she's going a little bit into endurance. And, um, and start and yeah, like working a lot. And uh, I think it's good to go into a place where, like, you're almost in a bubble. Like, I like to be very focused, right? Like, now I'm doing a lot of training and I'm doing a lot of rehab. And I just want to be in my zone with my time. And then I end the evening on being with her. And 
And it's like the perfect fit. Like nobody's ever waiting for me or expecting anything from me because she understands how much work it is to be an athlete. I never have to apologize if I have a session and I'm done at eight or nine in the evening and we were going to watch a movie or something like there's just nobody uh, waiting for me. But the low maintenance friend, take note. Yes, people. That's the most what understanding friend. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're going to go to breakfast tomorrow morning. Of course. They tell you three minutes before they can't go. And if you want to be friends with great people, you'll shut the fuck up and understand. Yes. Sarah, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I also think she's just an incredibly fun person. Like no matter what, anytime you're around her, it's it's a good time. Yeah. hundred percent. Always. Yeah. You are very easy to be around. Good job, Brian. I'm talking about Carmen. I'm talking about Carmen. Oh, oh, but you know her, Brian? (laughs) I know, I've uh, yeah she I mean she's been in Dubai several years um, competing yeah. she's competed at a lot of uh, European regionals yeah um, did she's you ever been date around. her did you ever date her Brian did I date her yeah I have not dated any um, crossfitting people that you know okay <laughs> I don't know no. her that's my well I don't know her so maybe you did date her uh, yeah exactly this Vaughn says I'm here when you're ready to settle down and have a family <laughs> and then. And then he says, um, and if you're not into men, he would go get surgery. So, I mean, he's committed. <laughs> he would go uh, operational. Well, I'll have you in mind after three to five years. I promise that. <laughs> but only if you can handle being low maintenance, please. You know, Adrian Bosman taught me about that. I, I, I kind of knew it already. You needed to be a low maintenance friend for me to be friends with you anyway. But uh, But he taught me about just low maintenance friendship. Like... It, it really is the only kind of really good friendship. If you're not a low-maintenance friend, then basically that they're not your friend. They're just someone you're working out your pathologies with. Yeah, it's just I'm more drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, dude, I have parents and brothers and sisters and ex-boyfriends like I can, and ex-girlfriends. I can do that shit with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's uh, – yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting. That's really good. And, and I also think and this is one of those things, and I've said this before regarding Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, or Josh Bridges, or Greg Glassman, or any of these people who who are at the top of the that I've been around that are at the top of the food chain. It's it's not normal being friends with them. You can't project your normal. They have aspirations that you can't relate to. And yeah. So you just got, you you just kind of got to sit there and observe and, and not make it about yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how I feel. Like when I'm in Iceland and I'm with my friends in Iceland, they don't understand that I train two to three times a day. They're like, you trained yesterday. Do you have to train again tomorrow? I'm like, yes, (laughs) I actually do. You should ask them back. Are you are you going to work tomorrow? Because you worked yesterday. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like they don't they just think that I go to the gym for an hour. But that's sometimes good. Like they have no idea (laughs) what CrossFit is almost. It's as preposterous as thinking um, is complaining that the oak tree can't um, come to your new house with you. It's like not recognizing this thing's been here. Oh, it can come, but it'll have to come in a different form. You're going to have to chop it down, reshape it, and then build a new room. Yeah, everything you like about the oak tree is because it just has to stay in one place for 150 years and grow big, and it has to drop all those leaves, and moths have to fly around it. Like, yeah, they just don't – they don't get it. And even them just asking puts wear and tear on the relationship, right? It's It's just a little bit of energy they just took from you. Mhm. It's that guilt of like 
She turned into a transformer. I knew she wasn't human. She, her Autobot qual is she an Autobot or a Decepticon? Not informed enough to answer that. I think she's an Autobot. She's a good guy. If those are the good guys, then yes. Anytime I say something like that, that's a good balance, by the way. While we wait for her to come back, anytime I, I know you were talking about her friend, but anytime I say something, someone that's like, um, could be seen as negative or pejorative, like, are you lonely? That's always good. You're the funnest person I know. You, you just like keep that teeter totter going. Oh, good job. Good job. Susan's going to five problems that are unique to high. What is it? High what? High achievers. Oh. Uh, imposter syndrome, Sarah, we can't hear you. That's why we're just letting the show keep going. The hidden reason behind their drive, fear of losing everything. I have that. It's lonely at the top. I don't have that. I'll tell you when I get there. Guilt that stems from sure as fuck. Don't have that. The world owes me everything. She is a Terminator. Well, it was funny because if you look at on that list, she had almost talked about maybe not using those exact titles, but she almost talked about everything on that list. And right before the right. um, the thing cut out, she started moving into the guilt thing. So it was interesting because every bullet point, boom, 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 she's talked about. And then you brought the lonely thing. So I was appeasing our audience out there to let them know that that's a very legitimate question for those that are high achievers. That happens a lot. And she's at that age, man. She's at that age. It's okay to feel lonely. All those things. When she comes back on, when she's done turning into an Autobot, I don't know if she's going to turn into a Camaro or what the fuck she's going to turn into, but I think the car can still talk. Let, bring that list back up, Suzy. I think that would be cool for her to see that. It's kind of – lists like that, even though they're probably bullshit, they're good affirmation for successful people. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back. Did, did you just pretend like your phone fucks up and then you run to the bathroom? No, I'm I'm still at my podcast studio with my lamp. Um, uh, Matt, will you bring that list up again and show Sarah? It it, it was kind of interesting. Um, These are I mean, this is just some just schlock bullshit psychology shit. But but it is just fun to look at five problems that are unique to high achievers. And so you're a high achiever. And so you have imposter syndrome. We talked about that a little bit. You have that. You didn't see yourself as an athlete. The hidden reason behind your drive. We haven't got to that yet. Uh, um, But but maybe it's your dad. Um, Fear of losing everything. Um, Did did we touch on that, Sousa? We did a little bit about the injury when um, she first got right. into the okay. uh, injury. Right. Talking about the fear of just everything falling. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's lonely at the top. She says she's not lonely. Uh, uh, Brian believes her. I don't. And um, guilt that stems from success. It, it, did, did we talk about that, Susa? She just started to talk about feeling a little bit guilty for prioritizing training and other things over. Oh, her right. Over fr- yes, yes. Guilty for being such a big, beautiful oak tree that someone demands does something else besides grow big and beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh um you said a p this this PR you said is incredible. The running. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just surprised. Like from running, not having run since January, and then starting running a month ago, and then. PRing my all-time best 1K is like pretty happy with that, dude. It's nuts, and you're 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 like a seasoned athlete. Like, 
I, 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 mean, I, have a th- I actually have a theory about this. You know, all the stuff that she had to do in the first, we'll say, three, four, five months following the surgery, and obviously is limited in progressing, but those small things of all the, the rehab is just how you categorize it. But basically, I, th- I look at that as like accessory work for like, you know, isometric holds and mm-hmm. activating certain muscle groups. That stuff is so important for high level athletes. It's really important for anyone who's doing athletic things, but it's not fun to do. It's not sexy to do. It's like everyone wants to go in the gym and lift heavy weights and do high skill stuff and get out of breath and feel like they just killed themselves. Like that's appealing to people. But if you don't have time for those other things, then that's only going to last for so long, usually. And in this case, she was forced to do all this small stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. And her, so her body's probably firing really well right now. It's also like I do. So I read this thing um, straight after surgery or like closely after surgery of like, how much time do you actually spend destroying your body in the gym? But how much time do you spend? Like, do you spend on your body uh, building up again, like your recovery time? How much is the ratio between recovery versus actually training? And before surgery, my ratio was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it it was bad. But now you try to have like training. If you're training four hours, I have to get two hours of rehab. Like rehab equals um, icing my knee, like using game ready for one to two hours a day. It means doing the rehab uh, movements that are good for my knees, that are good for my whole body. Like I have rehab every day for about 40 to 50 minutes. It's not the fun stuff. But it's fun when you actually feel a benefit from it. Like, then it's all worth it. And then rehab is also, like, how are you – how is your day? How stressed are you during the day? How much energy can you save during the day to put in the gym? How can you you stop thinking about CrossFit and that you want to be the best for one hour a day because that can lower your – heart rate for a lot like it's uh take stress from your body like how how can you do all this small stuff to be to make it all click in the end like find the perfect routine for you without destroying yourself for a month and then just like you're out um we had Nick Rodriguez on the show. He's he's a guy who's taken on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu scene by storm. Um, and one of the things he was saying when he eats um, – and he said it on the Mark Bell podcast also. He said that basically the only thing he focuses on is getting all the protein that he needs every single day and then everything else falls into place. But that he really, really has to get – I want to – it was something crazy like two grams of protein for every pound he weighs or something. He eats like 300 yeah, that's, grams. that's an athlete like – Athlete should be eating about 1.6 to 2 grams times uh, times kilo. So, like, for me, I'm, I'm 70 kilos. I can either transfer it into pounds, so it would be, like, around 150, uh, 155 grams of protein, or you can, like, yeah. So uh, I think he does double that for him. So, but, yeah. So he does the pounds. That's yeah. So I, so I, so he weighs like 240 and, and, but, but I need to go back and check. But, but what was interesting is he called eating work. And by the way, uh, I would never ask a man this question. This is only for women. Um, because, because men don't have menses. Um, you did have, 
there was a part of your life where they're attributing or you're attributing, someone's attributing a broken rib that you had to a poor diet, which led to you losing your menses for two years. And there, God, I wrote down, it's called FHA, um, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. Did I say it right? Just, just about as right as you pronounced her first name. Oh shit! Yeah. Great. Okay, but but I have no idea what you said. Like, I oh, you don't? <laughs> it was it was an article. It was an article that I saw online about you that basically you didn't have your menses for two years, yeah. and that basically that was due to diet, and that um and that it, that led it was to, due to under eating, under eating, but um, which is I think is the most common nutritional problem for uh just anyone really. Yeah, I think that. I think it's changed or we're trying to change it now. It's just like when CrossFit started, you would eat peanut butter. Like <laughs> I remember watching uh, documentaries of Rich and I was just like, he eats a lot of peanut butter. It must be, it must be legit. <laughs> no one should base their diet off of Rich Froning's diet. No, that guy I, is unique. Oh, I learned that when I, when I lived there. It was like we were going to train and he would have like, what was it called? Chick-fil-A, like right before training. I was like, can you just eat fried stuff before doing a 50-minute workout? He's like, yeah. <laughs> but I was actually wild. happy to see him eat. Like, I hadn't seen him. He usually just eats in the morning, breakfast, and then just dinner. Yeah. when The, the time that I spent with him, I never even saw him eat meals. No, he would just eat spoonfuls of stuff now and again. Yeah. Glasses of milk. Glasses of milk, yeah. And, and, and cereal. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, what I'm curious about is this. Um, so, this guy Nick Rodriguez, he referred to eating as part of the job. Yeah. Like, and, and and I got this sense that it's like it's actually for how hard he's pushing his body. Um, you have to actually eat even more than you want to. Like, you have yeah. to make sure you're eating. Um, two things. Go I ahead. To say here, I actually have had a problem with this. Personally, and I'm not even a high level athlete, but like there's some nights where I literally spend after I finish working out, working, whatever I come home, I spend like two hours eating dinner just to try to get as many calories as I can. And when I've like tried to date women or whatever like that, they're like, I'm like, I'll call you when I'm done eating. And it's like two hours later and they're like, what the hell? They don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, like, so you can look at it like uh, if you don't eat throughout the day. Like, let's say, like, I was a little bit under eating when I didn't get my menstrual cycle. Like, I was under fueling and I was training super hard and I wanted to get super lean. Like, that was my mindset. And I was Yeah, like, me too. I want to get super lean too. Yeah, I want to get super lean. And, and I went in that way of, like, I can eat as little as possible with training as much as possible. Like, this yeah. is such a stupid mindset. Like, I eat now to perform. So... You, get, you can just think about your body as like a car. Like you need to. Uh, Do you ever feel guilty for that? I need to eat to perform like, oh, this is just bullshit. This is just an excuse to eat more. Like like last night I had two pounds of hamburger meat and I'm like, this is just bullshit. Because I got I, all excited listening to Nick Rodriguez. I'm like, you're just doing this to fucking eat more, Savon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I only train to eat. <laughs> and I, I'm just I, lucky enough to be an athlete, you know? <laughs> I, is it really like that? Is that your like, relationship with food? I mean, I mean, I love food and I love, uh, and you like, always I have healthy food. Yeah. And, uh, I wouldn't quite say that I only train to eat now because I eat boring as hell, but <laughs> before the games 2015, I would eat in and out burger in the evenings. And I would just like, I didn't 
care at all what I ate as long as I trained, then I then I didn't feel guilty about eating. But then of course, like you want to take it to the next level, and you and I'm such a uh, exaggerated. I think that's the right word. Exaggerated person that I'm just like eccentric, eccentric, in. eccentric. Ex- is it eccentric person? Yeah, like you're like you know like, like obsessed. Yeah, like you have you have a harem of men, and you have a uh, a ring collection that's too big. You have a thousand rings, and maybe you have uh like that. Yeah, so that's like eccentric. that's where I went in diet. I was just like I became vegan. I only ate oh. organic. I only like I was just super. Yeah, like. Like I wouldn't eat oats because they could have gluten in them. Like I was this insane. Brian, before you go, I want to say one thing. So, so it our whole life as human beings in the United States, I think the 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 the, the general consensus was, oh, it's just normal for women to lose their menses if they're professional athletes. Yeah. And are what you saying now? You've realized that's bullshit. That's, that's like bullshit. the same thing that like people said Gatorade gives you electrolytes. That's a fucking lie. You're also yeah. saying that women, you should have. It doesn't matter if you're the uh, fastest woman in the 400 meter run or you're the strongest woman in the world or a professional basketball player. You should be dropping eggs every month regardless. Yeah, because your body is telling you that it's under stress when you stop. Like something's going on that your body needs to hold on to everything. Like it doesn't want to waste energy on you getting your menstrual oh. cycle. Oh, I get it. So it's okay. Like I would say before the CrossFit Games, if I wouldn't get my menstrual cycle for two months around that time because I'm under so much stress and so much pressure, that's completely normal. But when it's been two years... Then you start to worry. But I went to the doctor and everything, and he was like, ah, you're just an athlete. You just have to accept this. And I was like, is this going to affect my future because I really want to have a family? And he was wrong. The doctor was wrong. He was wrong. Yeah, the doctor was wrong. It was just like this old guy that didn't have opinion about girls having muscles in sports and was just like, "Uh, this is just one of those girls or something like that. Like it it was, uh, he didn't check anything. And like, we don't know it yet, but like, so I broke my first rib because of overtraining. And that's very unusual to break your first rib from overtraining. Like usually you would break a bone in your foot or something like that, like a small bone. But your first rib is like one of the strongest ribs in your body. And it connects to your, what what's it called? Clavicula. And it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a very rare bone to break especially in crossfit and that's where we were relating like menstrual cycle to like am i do i have bone density like what is my bone density because bone density can like uh, get weaker if you're under fueled and if you don't have your menstrual cycle because that means your hormones aren't regular and you're not recovering well like this is such a yeah uh, brian didn't we didn't cindy mick mick Mikolation, do you know this girl? She's a games athlete. She's young. I haven't said her last name wrong. What's her last name? Cindy Mikolation. Sydney Mikolation. Sydney yeah. Mikolation. She was a rookie she, at the games this year from Canada. She's yeah. She's like twenty one years old. She's yeah. awesome, man, and she, and she's a fucking training machine. She's such a beautiful young lady. I, I, I was so impressed with her on the podcast. I would actually like to have her on again. Um, she broke her her. I think she told us she broke her rib and she didn't even know it was broken. I hope she's listening to this. I'm not suggesting that I'd be curious to ask her now if she's gone like a year without her menses. I don't want to, or if she's under eating. I mean, and we can't tell, 
you know what I mean? I've never, I never looked at you and was like, holy shit, Sarah's not eating enough. Like, what do I know? Yeah. And it's also, I've never looked that way that I'm not eating enough. Like, and it's, uh, I think, but you were just, always hungry, right? Is that what you're saying though? You were always like, you, like you were maybe hungry. Is not the word. You were always looking forward to your next meal. Oh, always. And I would just like count the minutes almost, but then I would try to do stuff. So I would take my mind off eating and like, okay, if I train now, I won't think about eating until after training. So then I have like two to three hours until I'm, and if I, and if I skip this meal, I can eat more in the evening. Like that was always my mindset of like, I'm going to try to skip eating during the day. Like when I needed it the most to be able to reward myself in the evening of eating. Do you ever right. try to replace that that uh, sensation to eat by just like drinking a couple of glasses of water? Uh yes. Like you would have to drink uh, soda that fills you up better. <laughs> my my wife just my wife just texted me. I think she broke her collarbone. Well, thanks for collarbone, fucking up the yeah. thanks for fucking up the story, Haley. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, do you have a do you have a boyfriend? No, I don't. Is a is a um. Is a boyfriend a distraction? Like, can can you have a? Could you, Sarah, um, Sigmund's daughter, Rach Nachesh? Uh, can you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? I didn't mean to make a presupposition. Could you have an, an intimate partner in your life, or is that um, not part of the formula for I success? It, I think it depends on how the partner is. Like you say, low maintenance friends. The- that also and i think that i'm very i'm so independent and i'm so free spirit that there are not many that could handle getting little attention from me do you know what i mean like i'm so focused on what i'm doing that i want to be selfish without feeling guilty but like would your man feel comfortable with sevon texting you around the clock begging you to come on the podcast like are you confident (laughs) enough to handle that no, people could not like the guys could not handle that. I mean, one that the guy that I'm gonna marry after three to five years that's listening, Woo! he's gonna have to accept this. Like, yeah, that you're in high demand, yeah, 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 yes, let's <laughs> explain highway. <laughs> and surgery's on the table. What a good dude! What I mean, that is a good dude. <laughs> um, and and um. It's funny when there was these, there's these things, there's this theme about you wanting to empower women. And I have to tell you that when I see that, I feel this, um, uh, resistance to it. I don't like that stuff. I don't like empowering women. I don't like women power. I don't like any of that stuff because what I think in my mind and my defensiveness, I think, I mean, I was raised by two women. I was raised by my mom and my sister. And I think like in my boys recently, um, they found they they're confused when they watch the UFC why women don't fight the men, right? Because in their in their jujitsu class they fight the girls and they see yeah. the girls as equal. And actually, the best people in the class are the girls. And so yeah. they're they're really confused by all that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk to them about any of that because that's it's just built in. But mm-hmm. when I heard you, but when we talk about when you said that doctor was an old man. And he didn't know about the menses and he didn't know about strong women. I, I, I think I got what you mean by that. And it really yeah. helped me. Like that is – I go to this bad place when people say empower women. But but this is is important. We, if we have doctors that are male-centric, if we have doctors that believe – that don't understand the female body, like 
I, I think I'm I, I'm enjoying this conversation. Well, I want to extrapolate that beyond yeah. doctors. I mean, uh, as a coach, this is something that I feel like in the last year has become much more relevant for me. And there's a lot of women at my gym who have started to ask me, like, does my period of my cycle affect my training? And then they also mm-hmm. ask, and Sarah's kind of cool. You talked about it earlier. Like, how do the, the best female games athletes in the world overcome that in their training and also in competitions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's also... There's a lot of study around it also of like, so I tear my ACL when I'm ovulating because when you're ovulating, it's like you're pregnant. So all your ligaments are looser and you're not as strong because you have a lot of estrogen going on. And uh, and it's more dangerous to lift weights when you're ovulating. And wow. I've always been like, this is like nonsense. Like I can't control the dates that I'm competing. So like, why would I have to change training around now? And then I tear my ACL and I'm like, okay. What she said there, there. Sorry, you froze. What you're saying there is kind of driving the point. And, and I don't know if civilization is advanced enough for this, but women empowerment isn't to treat women and men equally. Women empowerment is to treat women like fucking women. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like these are these are th- these are not men. No, don't, don't, exactly. it's not okay that they're skipping their menses. It's no. it, th- their period is something like real. It does affect yeah. their whole body. They do carry babies. They do summon souls in when the, uh, into their stomachs. You know, uh, when when the sperm and the egg meet in there. This is not. These are not men. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I think I have a better. I have a better time. Um, Thinking about it like that. Yeah, I just yeah. get defensive for women. Like, like when when people start talking about women power, I start thinking like, uh, women don't. M- my mom didn't need. My mom went to law school when she was pregnant with uh, with my uh, sister. She was the first woman to graduate from her law school, night law mm-hmm. school. Like, she don't need anyone like empowering. Like, she, no, she fucking did but, it. She kicked ass. Yeah, but what and I, mean I respect the fuck out of her. Yeah, but what I mean with empowering is like the typical stereotype for a female is changing. Like. I remember when I started training and I would, I said to my friends, like, oh my gosh, if I get muscles, I'm going to stop. Like, I don't want to be that girl with muscles that looks like a guy. Like, that's so insane that my mindset was about how I looked versus what my body can do. And would a guy ever think like that? No. Why aren't girls supposed to be or like have the same mindset as that? Like, we should be able to push our bodies to the limits just like everybody else. Although we get muscles, like, like, I don't know how many comments I've gotten. Like I was in a swimming pool 2015 in Iceland preparing for the CrossFit games. And there's this old guy that gives me like this face when he sees me and like in the pool and he's just like, like he was disgusted because I was a girl and I had muscles and, uh, and I felt so uncomfortable. So I, so there's like, in Iceland, we have like this. Uh, uh, it's making me uncomfortable. You telling the story is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I leave the jacuzzi and my friends are still in it. And the guy says to my friends, like, you guys think this is a female. And my friends are like, what? <laughs> so he was so disgusted because I had muscles. And he was like probably 65 fat guy. And he was so disgusted that I had muscles. <laughs> And I was just like, this is so insane that I feel uncomfortable going into a bikini, swimming and trying to prepare myself for a world competition because of a 65-year-old guy and then he's judging me. 
And I was like, I need to change this mindset of like, it, it should be normal. Like a guy should look at me and think like, wow, she's putting in a lot of work and her body is showing it. Like she's pushing. I mean, Vaughn Vaughn will chop his dick off for you. I mean, so (laughs) there's dudes out there who. (laughs) But this is like what I mean with empowering women is like girls should be able to do whatever they want without feeling judged. Although they have muscles, they shouldn't like they shouldn't feel bad about it. They shouldn't hide it. They should empower it. Like I think the stereotypes for females and the stereotype for guys or males is also changing. Like. Movember, for example, is like, I mean, you're representing it well, Simon, I'll admit that. Your mustache is great. But it's like the men's health is like guys should be speaking up more about feelings and everything. They shouldn't repress anything. While girls should also stand in their place and they should start to speak up about their opinions. And it's like the stereotypes for girls and guys is like switching. Like the guys are showing like the more feminine side while the girls are showing the more masculine sides and that's what i love like we're on that stage now of like this is actually happening and and there are some changes changes that are being made like men are speaking more about men's health than ever before and it's such a beautiful thing it's definitely changed that if you go if you are a crossfitter definitely changes the mating game for you yeah um when i first came to crossfit i I never thought the girls were disgusting that's for sure but i was i tripped on how muscular they were and and after about a year or two that went away like that person in me just like is gone yeah it just got normalized it just got normal yeah and now the other girls who don't work out almost look like veal to me like one of those baby cows that's not allowed to move like when i see normal people I, and and I don't judge them in a bad way, but I judge them. Like, I'm like, you know, if, if I go into a Starbucks and, and I'm like, oh man, if this place burns down, I'm going to have to grab those three kids and that fat lady and drag them out. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like for yeah. that skinny lady or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's a but trip. it's also like, we're so, or I'm so used to being around people now that are training and they just see me as a normal person. And then you go to an airport or something and, guys are just like oh my gosh this girl can beat me this girl can do this and i'm just like why are they talking about me in third person when i'm just standing here like would you do that to an obese would you say like oh my gosh that that guy can uh he can kill me if he sits on me like you would never comment anything and they don't mean it in a bad way they just they don't know how to get it out of their system that they see a muscular female and that needs to be more normal like you say like the first year for you you were like wow girls are muscular here and then it just got normal and that yeah now i see crossfit girls more like race i don't even see them as muscular no i see them as like race cars yeah i see the men and women in the games just as like or like race horses i don't even see the muscles like uh, like if you don't have muscles something's wrong with you yeah exactly you're like oh my gosh she she's fragile <laughs> yeah like dave castro's calves it's like really he can run with a ruck i mean have you seen his yeah calves? like how's that possible <laughs> yeah <dude>? how is that <laughs> but have you seen bk's calves they're the smallest that i've seen B- 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 bjorgvin carl goodmanson yeah <laughs> just showing off i'm just showing off just showing off <laughs> i was actually very impressed if only you could say my name I, i'm gonna practice <laughs> um uh what do you think about um uh in, in the i watch a lot of fighting and they have men who go into surgery and then become women or i don't even know if they go into surgery i don't even know what i'm talking about but, but they allow men to fight women 
and I don't know, and they've gone through maybe hormone. I think they're called trans, trans athletes. And like yeah. they allow them in the Olympics. Is that, do you have a, do you have an opinion on that? Are you allowed to have an opinion on that? I don't think that I'm allowed to have an opinion about that, but like, I don't like, I think it's very, it's a very psychological thing. Uh, like when you're born in a body that you don't feel that you belong in and you want to change it, but you also want to be an athlete and you have to go on hormones and like, it's hard to say like, uh, he's not like, she's not welcome competing against me because she was a guy like, right. It's hard to say that, but it's almost like a trans should be like a different category for <laughs> uh, like, cause it is unfair if there's a, let's say that there's a max lift and I'm competing against uh, a girl that was a guy, of course, she's going to be way stronger than everybody. And, and people are also going to use this as a benefit from like, oh, I've always wanted to be a professional athlete. If I become a girl, I can compete at the girl side and yeah, I'm good. I I can't relate to anyone do, doing that, but then there's tons of things that I can't relate to that people do every day. I'm like, holy shit, you're doing that. And, and you know, like, so basically for, for my own, in my own personal fantasy land, what I would love to see Matt do is enter the women's competition and the men's competition in the same year and demand that he is, um, uh, identifies as both. And, and that the, I would, I, I really want to see that. I'm not even joking. I, I just want to see, I want to see the system to have to deal with that. And then he's like on both podiums and shit and he's got both checks and you know <laughs> what I mean? But, but that's the way it seems like it's going. And it doesn't seem fair to me either. We, I, I don't know the biology of it. It has nothing to do with whether I'm sympathetic to the psychological factors or not. Yeah. I, yeah. I just can't, I just can't see. Um, a, like I can't play. There's things that I can't do either. Yeah. Like life is not fair. We don't have. I, I just don't feel like we have to make everything fair. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you there. Um, I, I wasn't born in Iceland, so I'm never gonna win the the games. <laughs> You're never gonna be adopted. Adopted. Ado adopted. No, adopted. A daughter, yeah. I'm never gonna be a, a daughter. A daughter. Uh, say the, say those letters for me. Say say, say the last. Daughter. Daughter. Yeah. You say it, Brian. I can't do any better than you. I just come enjoy. on, Brian. Bring Dotter. it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dotter. Tell me about switching coaches. I'm tripping. I'm tripping on. Um. I'm tri I'm tripping that you're with El Haj. I I like him. Uh, I like him. Like. But I like him a lot, but I like Travis even more and Travis trains with him. So then that makes me like Max even more. It's like a weird like. <laughs> so it's um, like and, and now you're like him extra more because I'm also training with him. And yes, like yes, right? yes, 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 um, yes. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm really tripping on? I'm tripping on um, Katrin. I'm tripping on the fact that she was with um, Ben Bergeron um, and that all of a sudden it, well, I'm you know I'm tripping on Annie. There's so many things to talk about here. For, for, before we get to Ben and Katrin, um, is is this the whole thing that Annie's doing? Uh, her inspirational to you? Like you're like, holy Very. fuck! This old lady who had a baby is fucking like <laughs> now Tia's biggest threat. Yeah, like it shows that anything's possible if you set your mind to something. No, right? no, anything's possible if you're an Icelandic woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's also that. <laughs> you're strong, a independent Icelandic woman, you know. <clears throat> 
But it's there, it's so impressive how like Annie had a hard birth also. Like she she lost a lot of blood. She was very weak after birth and like she had problems with her abs. Like they went apart or something like that. Di- and they di- diastasis. Yeah, my wife had that. I think that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, they didn't go back or something until after a year or I, I can't I don't know the whole story, but what Annie has achieved is just so impressive. And and I mean it's it's also like it helps me also in recovery of like, oh, she was there and she came back. Like it's possible. And she hurt her back. Yeah, and she hurt her ago. back twenty yeah, exactly. Like she's gone through a lot of stuff these twelve years she's been competing, right? I, I yeah. would think I, I never thought she'd come back from the back injury. Mm, I, like, I mean, you know her better than I do. Annie, but, that's yeah. just like different. Like she, she has this. I think resilience is the right word for it. Like she always surprises you. Like you, you might like. I thought after she gave birth, like uh, she's gonna go team now, and she's just gonna enjoy time with her baby, like. Like that's what my plan is. Is like when I have a baby, I want to spend time with and, and like that's why I'm waiting three to five years. So I was like, ah, oh, she's not gonna come back. But then she just like surprises me so much. Of like, she came back and she's like stronger than she was before. And maybe it was just the the rest that she got from from having birth or and giving birth and like. Like your body is recovering in a different way and you get a new body almost after you give birth because your body is responding differently to everything because you've given birth. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I just think it's amazing. I do think there's a there's like an overall bigger thing to recognize, which is people who are taking care of themselves, who are exercising regularly, who are eating well, sleeping enough, etc., their yeah. bodies are very strong, and if they go through a setback, they're much more likely to come back from it quicker, yeah, better. Exactly. And this, yeah. you know, obviously, you see with professional athletes, um, you know, Sam Briggs is a great example in, in CrossFit as well. She comes back from injuries like nothing else. But even, I mean, I even see it with just normal people in the gym. Yeah. People who come to the gym regularly, they trip down the stairs, they roll their ankle. They still come to the gym and they do yeah. what they can until the ankle's exactly. better and it's better quicker. And then you see someone yeah. who's deconditioned, who's not doing this stuff, they roll their ankle and they're not walking for two months yeah, and exactly. they never really recover from it. No. Yeah. It's that consistency of what you always do of like, that's going to get you far. I like the way you said that after you have a baby, you get a new body. And then, like, and then, and then Brian's part's important too. And it, in the, in the, in the quality of that body depends on the quality of, how you yeah. entered your pregnancy and how you treated your body during your pregnancy. Exactly. And I mean, I think it's probably like, it took probably Annie a lot of time to get to know this new body and what it's capable of doing, but she found the right recipe of using it and she trusted it again. And like I, so some of my friends in Iceland, like they've had babies and one of my friends was like, always when I squat, I get the same feeling as when I was pushing the baby out. And I was like, Oh, oh like that must be so uncomfortable. Like, and like going through that and being on a podium at the CrossFit Games is like it's so impressive. Of like the different experiences that everybody has from from giving birth, and and it's also just the stress around having a baby. Is like you must 
or that's at least how I would probably be. I would feel guilty when I was training and when I would be with a baby, I would feel guilty. I'm not training. And yeah. like, it's finding that balance of how can you, how can you not stress about uh, like that? You're like choosing the right times. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do you know how many kids you want to have? Do you have like that in mind? Oh, uh, like I want to have at least three. Three kids. Um, yeah. Do you mind? Uh, one of my friends wants to come on the show. Well, I don't know if friends is the right word, but do you mind if I, uh, one of my friends, uh, some guy wants to say hi to you. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I don't mind. You're going to get me in trouble if you call me a friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, my best friend. I don't want to. Your best friend. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, your name came up and she didn't say anything bad about you. It was almost, it was almost, she almost said it sounded like nice shit. Like, you know, like, you know, you had a program. She said, you know, how to program for the games. Yeah, I did say that. Oh, that is Who nice. Who is that? That is nice. That's my dog, Doug. Say hi to Sarah. Hi, Doug. So, so, um, so that's now, a female uh, so dog. Sarah, but he's so in so denial. He he doesn't believe in female dog empowerment that he named his dog a boy's name. That's, <laughs> we have some work to do with Dave. Yeah, I think so. Women empowerment for Dave. Yes. Dave, I really want to see your calves. Oh yeah, Dave. We talked My about calves? your calves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're talking uh, about things that work but don't I'm, have big muscles on them. I'm going through a growth phase right now. I'm doing some uh, muscle building <laughs> training for them, trying to grow them. Uh, You're doing some individualized programming for your calves? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> How? Uh, so what competition are you doing next? Are you all healed? Are you good? I'm not completely healed, but we're, we're getting there. Hey, she like, just said okay, a PR on the one okay. on the one kilometer uh, time, Dave. One kilometer run, one kilometer air bike, one kilometer row, one kilometer, one kilometer bike. bike. No, run. Run. Ron, oh wow, very cool. Yeah, his ACL is strong. Time? Yeah. Oh, don't no, ask I'll, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, like, my plan is to compete now in in Dubai Championships, break the ice of competing. Okay. And, yeah. Who else is and competing the, there? Um, there are a lot of names actually. A lot of Europeans. It's uh, Kristen Holte, Laura Horvath, Gabby Mika. Sam Briggs, uh, Emma McQuaid, I think, uh, Haley Adams. Wow. Yeah, it's a strong field. What about uh, Annie or Katrin? No, I'm taking it for the Icelandic okay. girls now. You're going to represent for Iceland? She's going to melt. I don't think you'll be alone, actually. I think Ike is actually going to be there now. Yeah, Ike is going to be there. Yes, yeah, she got an invite like two days ago, I think. Who's that? She competed 2018. And Turi might be going as well. Yeah, it's very going. Yeah. I think she is. Yeah. I don't know the field completely, but. And Karen Frey. Don't forget about her. Oh, she she's not amazing, Icelandic, but yeah. she's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, but she's not Icelandic. Oh, look, Sarah's name's at the top. Because <laughs> it's such a beautiful name. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, I just called to say hi. I'm going to step off now and let you guys do your thing. Good. Uh, good you have to, to you. show us your good calves first. Event. Come on, Dave. Don't Dave, can sad. you show us your calves? Real... Cal hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes. 
Ooh. Yes. Fucking large I can see them growing. Large and in charge. You see them Who's your yes. big growth? Who's are bigger, his or BKG? Right, see you guys. I think BKs are smaller than his. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah. I'll take it. Sorry, BK, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave's like, I should get off now on a high note. I should get off now. Yeah, he on is hairless. High, yeah. yeah, Dave's like a hairless, uh, there's no hair on him. Like, not on his chest. I don't think he has armpit hair. He can't really, he grows like a 13-year-old boy's mustache. 13-year-old yeah, boy. He's hairless. But so he's trying. Hairless cat. That's what um, is, is BKG uh, a regular training partner? Uh, sorry. Is Bjorgvin Carl Gudmundsson a <laughs> regular training partner with you? When you're in, uh, when when you're in, in the... Iceland, we try to uh, see each other maybe one time a week. And sometimes, like, it depends on what we're focusing on. Like, if we're focusing on a competition or something, we try to meet each other out, like, on Saturdays and throw down. But um yeah we haven't we were on a good roll before i tore my acl so do you really like him yeah i really like him he's he's a low maintenance friend yes he is i really like him too standing friend and he also like he lives in a small town he likes good music and it's just like yeah we we love to kill each other in training and then yeah and how close (laughs) how close does he live to you like 50 minutes away. Is he north of you or, or, or south of you? South. Oh, so you're in the you're in the cold colder part. So I'm south, but he's even oh. souther. <laughs> hey, Sarah, tell me what kind of music BKG likes that you think is good music. Uh oh. Like so BKG. I have a reason. I have a reason you. I'm asking you this, by the way. What did you say? Do you remember at Filthy 150, we were uh, neighbors in the hotel? Yes. We were staying across the room from the hotel for me, like literally right across the way. Yeah. And the first day and second day of competition, when I came back late in the evening, you were already in your hotel room. And both nights, I could hear music coming from your room. And it was very different music night one to night two. (laughs) What music did I have on? Night one was very, I sounded very angry and heavy. (laughs) <laughs> and night two yeah, sounded like something night two sounded like something you might have picked up during your time in cookville <laughs> oh country yeah, that, yeah. so so bk listens to like classic rock and uh but when we're training we go dark like and then i mean like techno dark <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Like but, vampires, like like up people been up for like four days drinking each other's blood dark. Yeah, and just like like yeah, somewhere in a dungeon, like I like it. His yeah. gym gives me the feeling of a dungeon. I'm not obviously I've never it been there. It is a dungeon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's such a cool gym though. And uh so so it's fun training with him because we just like we wanna kill each other in training and then we finish the session when we're cleaning up, we just have good music on and it's just like yeah. Who's his Super coach? Nice. Is is but is who's his coach? It's Yami. It's the same coach that is now uh with Katrin and Annie. Yeah, so do you know why Katrin switch co- left is going coming back to Iceland? No, I, I actually don't know, but I just I mean she's worked with Ben for such a long time and maybe she just needed a change of like I think she, she likes makes, her niece and as too much. She wants to be around her more. What did you say? Likes her niece. Yeah, the small. Yeah. I mean, it might be. I, I think it's probably pretty hard to 
have lived so long from your family. And I mean, her and Annie are now, they have their own business that they're building. So maybe that's one of the reasons also. There are they are they that close? Um, I yes, I think so. And, and so, and, and you're you're you not you don't speak to them on a regular basis. So no, you don't no, I don't. I uh, you guys so live I in the live same country, like, and yeah, I like just I and I think you guys share a bedroom together, but it's not like that. No, we definitely don't. <laughs> we are. Um, they train a lot with, uh, or like they train a lot in CrossFit Reykjavik, which is Annie's gym, and I train in my town. That's like around forty-five minutes away. Is that is that is it hard for you? There's these two Icelandic girls, and then there's you, and it's sort of like they're a pair, and you're not you're not part of them. No, I think we're just very different personalities that we wouldn't function training three together. Is it um is it kind you know in the United States they're like we have country folk and we have city folk and then we have people like Colton Mertens I don't know what you call him um is it like that you guys are different from different uh is it is it like that like would you say you're sit they're city folk and you're country folk or yeah a little bit like I would like you eat possum that, soup and like I think we're just all three of us are princesses and we want to control our times ourselves and uh yeah like they have their set time of training i have my set time of training and like i mean i did the open with annie and that was super helpful and it was fun and everything but like we don't talk on a daily basis and and text what we did for training or something like that but like if i'm in iceland and they're throwing down they might invite me or or I invite myself or something like that. Like there's nothing <clears throat> bad between us. Okay. So it's, you guys are cordial. What did you say? We're, You're cordial. Like you said, there's nothing bad between you. No, like, there's you nothing still, bad between us. Definitely right. not. They're just closer together than me. Like they're both from the same city while I'm from a small town. Like, and, and who was your coach before Max? So I did a year by myself, and before that, I was working with uh, Red Pill. So uh, uh, a guy called Phil Mansfield. And and the, tell me about the year you did by yourself. Why why did you do that? Is that a mistake? Um, um no, definitely not a mistake. Like I learned so much uh, in the process of it, and. It was just very overwhelming of like trying to coach yourself, but also be the athlete and trusting that it was the right thing and having to look up the reasons why you're doing stuff, how to periodize, how to, why is my body acting like this instead of just having a, like Max is so smart and he knows so much and I can just ask him, why am I doing this workout versus doing it like this? And he'll explain it to me, the thought behind it. And there was just so much time. So I, I'm in school also. So I was a, a student. I was uh, my own coach. I was an athlete. And it was just overwhelming of like when I was training, I was thinking about how I could program next week to be even better. And what was the thought behind that? Like I was mixing all the, the thoughts together. And then maybe I had an assignment uh, a big assignment and I couldn't program for that weekend. So I started the week on Monday without having a, a program for the whole week, but I had this uh, like big plan in mind and now I was messing it up. It was just like, 
I was going back and forth of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? And then I competed and I did super well. So it was like, I was on a, on a semi right path, but I needed to study more about uh, periodization, like peaking at the right time, how to, uh, like, when should I bump up the intensity? When should I lower the intensity and the volume should be higher? Like stuff like that, that I'm not that good at, but want to be better at. Is switching coaches, I don't know if this is going to relate to you, but do, do, uh, does this make sense to you? Like you you get a new pair of shoes and you really don't need them, but you buy them and they kind of motivate you to run more or you buy a really expensive bike and you're like, okay, this bike cost me $10,000 and therefore I have to ride it every single day. Yeah. Do you know that phenomenon? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. And it's it's a good like <laughs> Is that do you think that that's is that is there some of that going on you think with you or with Katrin like okay, um everything was great with Ben, but if she gets a new coach, like y- you can it reinvigorates you. Okay, you have Max, okay, now you have a new kind of accountability. It's like getting yeah. a new pair of shoes. Is is there any of that going on? I just when I hear you guys switching coaches, I I, I maybe just me, I just think oh, the that's not that doesn't sound good. Same with UFC fighters like oh shit like why are they switching camps? Oh, I think it's just you've gotten what you needed from the other coach and you feel a little bit stuck and you need something new to help you improve to get even better. I mean, what I think about Ben and Katrin is like they've they spent 6 years together. I don't remember how 6 how or 7, long. yeah. Yeah, 6 or 7 years and it's like they had this recipe that worked for them and maybe that recipe was just done. Like it needed a uh, five spice mix or something like that. Like it just needed a little bit a change to get her motivated again. And like, I think when you're doing the same thing for maybe six to seven years, you're in the same group, you're in the same environment and you're like, okay, I maybe have three years left or I don't know how long Catherine is going to be as an individual and what her thoughts are and everything. So like, Maybe she just wanted to get the most out of her athleticism by trying to change coaches and seeing if he sees something different in her than Ben did. Like, uh, like I would say, like, and maybe Matt, even Ben did. It. Maybe even Ben said, "Hey, it's time to go to a new coach." Yeah, I can remember yeah, exactly. um, Miko saying that to Yona. Yona, like, "Hey, yeah. dude, your time with me is done." Like, what? Yeah, exactly. I, when I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Well, you're kicking the boy. He's like, he's got, he's, it's a nest, buddy. He's like, it's, he's yeah. got to go. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is what uh, James Fitzgerald was talking about is eventually the athlete has to have some autonomy and yeah. the relationship can have run its course and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. And I mean, Katrin's and Ben's relationship, she can probably always go back if it doesn't work. But then she at least tried, and then she she doesn't have to think about it anymore. That uh, is the grass greener on the other side, or not? Are you friends with your ex boyfriend? I actually am. Yes. You are. Yeah. Yeah. And and are your parents still married? Yes. Yeah. And are are they still friends? My parents. Yeah. Barely, but they're still married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tell me about your dad. Um, what I'm when, when, when what I do say you your dad, anything. Just when I mention his name, what do you think? Uh, he's my biggest role model in life. Like he's he 
told me or like he got me into sports in the first place. Like he bought a, a gym membership for me when I didn't have any money and I wanted to lose weight. Uh, he made me do. What's that look like? What's that him? look like? Tell me that story. You're sitting at home, and and he hears you on the phone with someone being like, "Damn, I'm getting fat." And he goes, "Sarah, I'll <laughs> buy you a gym membership." I mean, are you no, living at home? It was more like so. We were we were uh, a friend group of six girls, and we were two of those six girls that were a little bit overweight, and uh, and uh, my friend asked like, "Should we start the gym?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we should." And then we start. And we show up in the gym, but we just go into the locker rooms to take a nap because we couldn't be bothered of actually training. <laughs> so, oh, it's the best photo, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we just like, um, yeah. Speaking we, of uh, napping, speaking sorry, of napping. I started to look at the photos. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, so uh, so that's how it started. And then, uh, then she met a guy and started being a like girlfriend and didn't have time for me anymore so I was like shit I actually need to train to lose weight so I can get a guy and that's when I signed up for like a boot camp seminar and I asked my dad like can you please loan me money for this so I can do this boot camp seminar and that's where I got hooked and my dad was raising me that way of like he would tell me like hey I'm going to spin class 6 in the morning are you coming and I would be like no and he's like what's the reason why I was like because I'm going to sleep he's like yeah that's not an excuse so I would be like okay that's true actually <laughs> so he would he taught me like the the mindset of like there are no excuses <laughs> and that's my mom next to him there were, were you living at were you living at home when this happened yeah and 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 when you went to this boot camp, what was your? Um, had you done any sports before then? And no. you were seventeen at the time. Yeah, I was seventeen, or uh, yeah, turning. So I had I was getting my driver's license after a month, and I hadn't trained at all. Uh, but I was always pretty athletic when I was younger. But I was I was strong, and I was ashamed of being strong because I don't know, like. I was very competitive and I didn't have any backup of being competitive because I wasn't an athlete. Like it didn't do any sports. So, so I, uh, I was always a pretty good swimmer. I don't know why. Like I, I swam for maybe one to two years when I was younger, but competitively, back, competitively. What, no. So when I started competing, I like, I was, I was very, um, very good at freestyle hundred meters and this was like, so my cousin is actually a, a pro swimmer, one of the best swimmers in Iceland. And he would be in a competition. I was like, okay, I can compete if he can compete. And then I tried to compete and I stopped after 75 meters because I was too tired. And I was like, this is not for me. Wow. <laughs> I hate sports. <laughs> I don't want to feel this bad ever again. <laughs> wow. So that's my And then there was background. acid bath at Dubai. <laughs> Yeah, then there was acid bath in Dubai. <laughs> Carmen actually threw up over herself in the acid bath. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I just remember there's the very few workouts like, that I've seen. There's very few workouts I've seen where every athlete looked that destroyed after it. What What does this yeah. mean? So hot right now. Like it's hot where you're at or or Sarah's so hot right now or like why I right now? You're what so it, hot right now. So. Well, I, I, it's possible. Wearing this fancy yeah. jacket. 
Um, Plus, uh, just so, one thing, Seva. Sarah, I, d- I had a chance to uh, meet your parents in at Strength and Depth one year. Yeah. They were, of course, right there, front row, uh, your lane for the event. And I, yeah. I asked them if it was like how it felt. Because I, I remember that year at Strength and Depth, like there was a huge support for you at that, that competition. Yeah. And there usually is, but it was like audible and noticeable when they were cheering for you when they announced your name. And I asked them what that was like for have your daughter get that much support. And they said to me, they said, it doesn't matter if one person or 100,000 people are here, we'll always be there for her. Yeah, that's so true. And they always are. Like they, they're my biggest supporters and have always been they try to come to every competition to cheer me on and and my mom has this um so she has this uh tradition of when when the countdown is like uh like 10 seconds and then it's like three two and after they say 10 seconds or stand by my mom screams my name because she's like everybody stays quiet then and that's when I know you need to hear me. And then I always smile when I hear her <laughs> scream because I wait to hear her scream after I hear the standby. Is it one, is it, uh, that's really cool, actually. Is it one of those things where when you're in a competition and you go on the floor, you you know where they are? Yeah, I I usually try to find them when I'm walking out and uh, I usually spot them right away because they have the Icelandic <laughs> flag or something like that. Yes, they're very consistent so. with that. <laughs> Yeah, they're very consistent with that, and and uh, they're just like my whole family is just such like there's such a good support and very understanding with everything. What what time do you go to bed? Like, if I go to bed, do you mean not? Oh, so you you don't normally sleep? You just stay awake? Now, I've I've uh I've been working on my sleeping routine in this recovery. So usually I go to bed. At nine thirty, uh, that is very uh, rare, though. Like uh, it's my attempt each evening. But if I'm in bed before midnight, I'm happy. <laughs> um, do you do the whoopee or any of that stuff? Like, do you have like something like you don't wear something that like tells you, okay, you need to sleep, or this is your like number for no. the day, or whatever that stuff is? I think that I would just get crazy if I would get that. So, like, if I would get so much data, I would rely oh. so much on it. Do you do any um do you do any Instagram? Like do you ever go into your DMs on Instagram? I actually do sometimes, yeah. I get just, very interesting messages. It, it, is it just chaos in there? Yeah, like I get so I get 99 plus requests or like that's always there. And if I go to the lowest messages like four hours ago or something like that. So it's constantly new messages and- coming in. And, and and you it, do you ever get like um it, did you ever have a um uh you you probably put, gain and lose more followers than I have in a day but I'm at this point I, and I'm super shadow banned right like like if I post something I have ninety three thousand followers if I post something like six hours later it'll only have like forty two views I mean like they and if you try to follow me it'll say are you sure you want to follow this guy he gives a lot of misinformation I mean they really <laughs> fucking hate me yeah. but that being said my DMs I'm in this obsessive compulsive state where I like I they I have to open them all <laughs> yeah I'm definitely not there. Yeah, you. So at some point you had to, 
you had to let that go. Were you ever like, can you go back to when you were just a little girl, Sarah? Imagine, and you only had 100,000 followers. Were you ever at the point where I got to open all these and at some point you're like, what the f-? I mean, because it takes me hours. Yeah. Like, so when I started CrossFit, and like I said before, I wasn't big on social media. Like, before I became a CrossFitter, like, my first post about a bag was fantastic. Right. And uh, so I... I didn't think too much about it. And then I competed at the CrossFit Games. And after I competed at the CrossFit Games, I think I got 300,000 followers. So okay. uh, there, I don't know if you remember, but there was a guy that, uh, his name is Snorri also, and he's a, he's a photographer and he was following me in BK 2015. Okay. Don't know if you remember. And he had like super blonde hair and he came sometimes to inti- invitationals and stuff like that. But he's a, uh, so he was actually looking at the data for me and he was like, Sarah, did you know that you got these many followers after Friday? And did you know you got this? And I was just like, what does this even mean? Like, <laughs> I was so lost in it. So it's always been just like, it just happened like this and I lost control completely. But like when I started competing 2014, Facebook was like the biggest thing then, I think. And I accepted all the friend requests that I got and my Facebook is just ruined because I have so many people that I don't know and nobody can add me anymore. And so I stopped using Facebook like probably two to three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I never I, I kind of was in the same boat you were in. I I, ne- I, I didn't do Facebook. And the, and the only reason why I think I do Facebook now is because I think this is being streamed live on Facebook, Twitter and Twitch. Yeah. But then when Instagram came, I thought it was something for photographers. I thought it was like, oh, you take pictures and you post them and here. You post and, them, yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um but I just can't imagine Yeah, I get you said it. It kind of gets ruined for you. It's a double-edged sword. You want to have a lot of fla- followers. You want you want you, you so that if you do have a message, you can share it with the world. Mm-hmm. But then also the more followers you have, the shit just kind of st- it's it just turns yeah. into a What's the best thing to do is like, uh, so I have my email con or like email connected to the Instagram so people can send me email if it's something important. And I've gotten some. Oh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Maybe you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. (laughs) Cut that. Cut that part. Um, But, but I guess that requires, so, so what you're saying is, is that requires another level of effort. You can't just be some drunk dude at night being like, damn, Sarah, you're hot. Here's my phone number. You got to actually be like, fucking like go to your Gmail and and be like, Sarah, you you are very attractive. Something thoughtful. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and this guy Snorri is your, your manager. Yes. Isn't that like a, what'd you say, Brian? Well, there, she was talking about Snorri, a photographer. That was a different person. Snorri yeah, is her manager now. Yeah, but there's another Snorri that's my manager. Two Snorris in my life. Yeah, isn't like just like that's an omen not to have that dude as your manager, Snorri? Like Snorri means like he's sleeping, <laughs> right? Like that's like one of the seven dwarfs. No, Snorri. Like, Snorri in Swedish actually means thick. Oh, okay, good. All right, good. Oh, then, then I, okay, good. Okay, I had it all. I but had Snorri in Icelandic is like. He's like one of the legends of uh, when, yeah. Oh, so it's a good name in Iceland. Yeah, Snorri Sturluson. Snorri Sturluson. Google Sturluson. Susie, you're on that one. That's like one of the legends in Iceland, or was. And and how did you get an eight? Have have you been with this guy forever? No, so I started working with him 2017. 
and is in and he just calls you and he's like hey i'm icelandic you're icelandic i can help you organize your shit so that like you can make more money and and, and not have to and, and train is that the guy so he was like your so, your yeah, agent so, has his own wiki page oh this is the legend oh this oh, is the legend yeah if you want to see her manager is snorri baron yeah and he's the man he's an awesome he dude. is the man he's also a legend and so he so um he becomes your manager and then like so like th- this company fat grips so then they're like hey we want sarah to use fat grips and then he negotiates a deal he says okay um we need her Sarah's to do worth this and what are you gonna offer Sarah so will do was, 12 pull-ups a, a month on your fat grips and you pay her this. And, and and that's how it works. It's like that simple. And now you don't have to talk to – you don't have to worry about it? I mean it's it's a little he, bit more complicated than that. Like he called me and to, and he, like – so I was a, a manager at CrossFit Soon as my old gym. And a guy that I trained there actually connected us and uh, he's like you need to talk to this guy because he has this good idea and i was like okay so i i went to see snorri and snorri was like have you ever thought about what your image is going to represent like like you're only thinking about your athletic career now as you should but have you ever thought about what you're representing out there what impact you can have and how you can optimize your like how you can optimize your platform to the good. And he like opened all these new windows for me that I didn't even think about before. And so we just like, damn, everyone needs a snorri. I need a snorri. Exactly. This is what I say daily. Everybody needs a snorri in their life. And snorri is so much more than a manager. I mean, he's been my uh, almost psychologist now in this injury. Like, like I called him straight after I, I got the news that it was torn and, and I talked to him right away and and he never puts this pressure on me that I have to perform to get cast to get it so he gets his percentage or something like that. Like it, it's so um, we work so well together. So he also works with uh, BK. There he is. Oh, there oh I might is. follow this. I'm, I'm checking right now to see if I follow this guy. Can can you go back to his name? Snooza, Snooza, Snooza and, and <laughs> Snorri. I'm going to yeah. change his name to Snooza. I guess I, uh, uh, oh, I think I do. I do follow him. I follow this guy. Oh, there you. Okay, good. Snorri. Yeah. Oh, you, I, you turned me on to this guy, Brian. Yeah, because he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> oh, and he has a shirt that says legend. It's the rogue shirt. Who else does he represent? Does so he, repre- he represents uh, BK, uh, Roman Krennikov, the Russian, that's still trying to get permission to go to the CrossFit Games. He's like a super fit guy, but hasn't been able to go to the States. He'll also be in Dubai, I believe. Yeah, he's going to be in Dubai also. What happened? And, the uh, United States doesn't like this guy, Roman Krennikov? They just won't let him uh, in? Yeah. I think he needs a special kind of visa to be able to come to the States or something like that. Like, like, like the way you'd have to import a tiger. Like he has to do rules that like yeah. humans don't have to do. It's like, does he have his rabies shots? Shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty much like that, to be honest. Like he has his cage that he has to be imported in. And <laughs> what's the Someone deal? Ask me, Brian? ask me, ask me off air. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the problem that females have with DMS is sometimes they just don't want to see that many dicks. 
that yeah no one actually sends you a dick pic do they oh yeah yeah, yeah they do definitely do <laughs> someone's face that's maybe the reason i don't want to hate on men i don't want to hate on men but isn't wouldn't that be like it's, it doesn't seem like a successful mating strategy <laughs> No, I mean, what am I supposed to, like, how should I react to a photo of somebody's dick that I've never talked to before? Should it be like, wow, that's very impressive. Let's meet up. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the thought behind you it. You should see a doc. How about you just have like a, you should see a doctor. Yeah. Just I send them a link to like. A photo like, yeah. or something and send like his face. Like everybody would be afraid of him. Do, um, do you just, um, uh. I'm trying to think. No one's ever sent me a dick pic. <laughs> now that you put it out do. there, Until you're later. doomed. Somebody. <laughs> what? Say that again? You're doomed now. I, I, I'll take some dick pics, but I, but I have a dick. Like, I have to deal with it. My, I mean, my kids make fun <laughs> of my dick. Um, uh, but what? Uh, do you just do you block those people or do you just? I mean, I don't really. I mean, because that takes effort. The... That takes like four. Yeah, I, you I like... usually, yeah, I usually just, I only have, like, if I'm following somebody, I can receive a message from them. Oh, okay. So, like, the requested ones, I don't really go through that. So, I... that that's where the main dick pics are and, and some marriage proposals. and. I wonder if there's any way Snorri could monetize that for you. I like... I like... Like, yeah. just be like, hey, Snorri, do you want to just go into my DMs? And, and you know how, like, sometimes they'll, they'll, there'll be a picture of Abraham Lincoln and just send the shrimp emoji to all to of, them, all of James them. Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Break their self esteem. I wonder if you own those pictures. Like, I'm ser- I'm I'm, ser- I'm serious here. There's got to be a way to make a million bucks off that. So you know those pictures, like you see them from far away, and it's a picture of like Abraham Lincoln, yeah. um, and then you walk up close, and it's just like a bunch of girls in bikinis, and you're like, yeah. wow, and they're a little tiny. Maybe make one of those. Maybe like if you, these are the twelve thousand dick pics I got. Uh, you, I mean, you don't do it. That's fucking disgusting. You you like make BKG do it or something. Bjorg van Carl Goodman. So someone <laughs> like as a side hustle, like hey dude, go through my. Uh, Go through my, oh, he would probably love to go through my messages. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, just tell him he can't respond to any of them. <laughs> Man, it, it's, uh, there's got to be, there's got to be a way to monetize that. Here's a, another thing that fascinates me. There should be a button then for people that says, um, don't allow, I mean, they have vaccine passports in some countries. They're locking down humanity in Austria and in Croatia, or not Croatia, wherever the fuck that is, I heard. They they can't have an algorithm that just stops dicks from being sent around. Yeah, I I don't understand this. How about you block dicks and child pornography Instagram instead of blocking people like me? Huh? Yeah, exactly. But it's like you you can report those people and then they can get blocked, but you can't be bothered of like doing all of that stuff. No, it's it's too much work. Yeah, it's too many buttons to push. No, I'm trying to think if anyone's ever sent me nudes. Any kind of nude. My life sucks. Yeah. Maybe I can just, send you some of, of the photos that I've received. I'm good. Thanks. You're a good dude, Sarah. <laughs> You're such a good dude. Someone Gross. in the comments has already offered to send you some, Seva. Oh, I appreciate it. Hey, I wonder, I wonder if like, 
you know how like th- um, there'll be women on Instagram and they'll be naked and then just kind of like put it like a scribble mark on the nipples and it's good to go. Yeah. I wonder if you just like you could post a picture of your dick on Instagram, but you just scribbled out the whole. Scribbled like, out. Like how much of the penis do you have to scribble out to show it? Yeah. Like the whole helmet, just a little bit of the shaft <laughs> or like just like the, the opening that the pee comes out of. I mean, Someone, I think you should attempt this. Sound good. <laughs> but these are important questions. These are important questions with uh, women and men's empowerment. What? What? This is what, true. How, how much cock is? Uh, how was? How much is allowed on social media? <sighs> this fucking world. How is it that the fucking idiots climb to the top of the fucking food chain? <laughs> That's the big question. It's, it's like they hacked evolution. Yeah. Savan, can I ask you a question you're probably going to hate? Uh, please, please. <laughs> Rate me on a scale of 1 to 10. No, please don't. <laughs> Let's go with another question. <clears throat> Sarah, I, um, there's been, uh, I've, I've made some observations over the years about how impressive the women from Europe are. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and, and specifically when they make it to the games, how well they do there. Even like, yeah. and not, not just the ones that are in the podium contention, but even if you look at someone like Turi Helgedotter, yeah. He's often fourth or fifth at regionals, gets to the games, and finishes in the top half of the field. Yeah. And there's been no change ever in terms of getting, you know, like, like the European women have never earned more spots at the games, despite always doing well there. Yeah. Um, and my, really, what I want to know from your perspective is because what I think, what I see there is there's probably some, should be some more European women and some less North American women. And I don't think that's necessarily the same on the men right now. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah. I just want to see the best people at the games or as many of the yeah. best as we can yeah. do you think that that would like would you would you want the same as an athlete just to see a system that's regularly yeah, trying to wanna, get yeah you want to compete with the best you don't want to compete in a competition where you know that there's somebody that belongs there and isn't there like what but brian and sarah why why uh, this sounds racist uh what you guys are doing no, why no, take, why, why reduce it. north i would just tweak this why reduce north american women why not or north american athletes why not just increase european why why well why does, we're assuming that there's a fixed number of spots at the games okay fair, so what i'm saying enough. is like last year for example there were 20 spots for women from north america and 10 for women from europe but the 10 women from europe you know outperformed you know on average the 10 best women from north america even yeah and and yet this year there's been nothing to do for that, and that's been the same case for five six years in a row now. Yeah, and they're basing it, you know, on um, open registration, which I and I think that that's, I mean, different conversation. I just think that you know what I wanted to hear from Sarah is what she said is like it doesn't matter where they're from, we just want to hopefully have the best field that we can. Yeah, to compete. Yeah, I mean, that's she doesn't want equity; she wants equality. True. She wants equality. I, I, I think the game should be like that too. Unfortunately, it, it, I, I do like the fact of just bringing people in from everywhere, but really those should be the fucking most fierce lions on, on game day, on the field in Madison. Yeah. Should just be the fucking people who just work the fucking hardest. And that's who we want to see. I love that, how, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Like, I love the competitions, how like Iron Man is and how, how uh, like the world tour in surfing is like the world competition in surfing is like you're competing in different locations throughout the year. And then it's like the final score that matters. And then you get the best athletes, like how formula one is also like the, 
the points matter in the end versus it's just four days and you are you a big formula one fan like bkg is i'm a big formula fan if yeah like i'm going the 12th of december i'm very excited do you and bjorgman go for the same drivers or do you have like rival so (laughs) bjorgman likes Bottas, but i like uh lewis but so we're both uh cheering for mercedes where are you going to watch formula one it's in abu dhabi <clears throat> they're in their, they're doing their Middle Eastern. Uh, yeah, they just did one in Qatar, I think. Yeah. Do you know some ballers there who are like, okay, Sarah, you can sit in our box. We got a good seat for you. <laughs> well, this is why I'm saying this on this podcast. Like, I'm going to find some ballers, you know? Oh, <laughs> shit. God, find me some ballers, too. Yeah. That, so what do you like about Formula One? Do you, do you like the sounds or the, 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 oh, the crowd? The or what do you like? Like, have you watched Drive to Survive? The episodes, the TV show on Netflix. No. If you haven't, you have to watch it. it. Is it a documentary? Yeah, it's a documentary about Formula One, about the athletes and about like the teams and the pressure that they're under. Like how I looked at Formula One before was just like, these are cars and guys driving cars for two hours. Fun. Wow. There's And you can't even see their bodies. They're in overalls. Like you can't even see their bodies. Boring. Yeah. Like it was so boring and you didn't know anything. And then... Like in these, uh, in this, in this TV series, you get to know each athlete, and it's so much teamwork that you didn't know of before. Like how they, like let's say that it's like. Um, I saw the documentary Senya. Yeah, it was it was amazing. That's the Formula One driver who died or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, like. Uh, like how the first episode starts is like Daniel Ricardo is like a Formula One driver for Red Bull at that time, and like I think one of the in like in the pits like puts a tire on wrong, so it fucked up his whole competition. So imagine like you've put all the work in, but somebody on the team messes up a little bit in two seconds and. Your competition is done. And like, how do you react to that? And how do you come over that and come back stronger next time? How do you not fear that the team is going to fail you? How do you like all these thoughts around? That's what I love about Formula One is like, you have to trust in the team and you have to perform for the team almost. You, you, you had a wounded ACL and this guy had this tire put on wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. I ima- I when, when you said when you said that I imagined you like at the CrossFit Games this year, like you know, eat, drinking a protein shake and your assistant putting on your shoes, and you go out like, there and they put the right, they put the yeah. right foot on the left foot and the left foot yeah. on the right, and you hear Sean with him and like Sarah's shoes are on the wrong feet as she circles around corner number two. But, Sarah, do you think that that would work? Could work in CrossFit. <laughs> He's out. Is is if there was something like that where maybe there were six six events over the course of eight months and a group of thirty athletes qualified for it and competed and another group of thirty athletes maybe qualified in the t- yeah. division below that but showed up for the same competitions and earned points over the season. Yeah, I think I think that would be the best, like best uh, test to be honest. Like, and it creates and just also- a great story for everyone who wants to cover the sport. You can say, okay, we've had two events so far. This is where the women are standing. Yeah, this is where we're coming. It's also unfair for Australians to always have to come to the United States and they have to change their time zone and everything. Like, 
Oh, they want to come here. That place is fucking Nazi land. They do. Yeah. They're lucky yeah, they get like, to come here. I think the last thing they want like is the games that. to show up in Australia and they get fucking stuck there with those fucking lunatics. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm banned true. on Instagram for shit like that. But that yeah. country is fucked up. Now it is after COVID. Yeah. But I, but I'm just it's like giving an example of like it would be cool to have competitions around the world as like the main competitions. Like, yeah, you would have one in US, you would have one in Europe, you would have one in Australia, you would have one in Africa or something like, like South America. Like you, you, we would just like it would be eight competitions over the year, and you get points, and you can miss out on one competition, and it doesn't affect your point system or something like that. You you wouldn't have a full competition in Africa, like a quarter of a competition or an eighth of a competition in Africa. <laughs> God, you're such a good person, Sarah. I know. <laughs> um, uh, you know who's into uh, Formula One is Dave's into Formula One. Dave, small calves, Dave. Yeah, small calves, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Um, I, He's I, into, I, oh, I'll send him a photo <laughs> when I'm uh, – when I'm watching the race, then yeah. I'm sending you, him a photo on my couch. Do you have – oh, that would be awesome. Do you have Dave's phone number in your phone? No, but I have his Instagram, you know? Yeah, he, but his fucking Instagram is all fucked up like yours. I'm going to send you his phone number. You promise you'll send him a picture from Formula One? Of course. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Um, have you been to an F1 race before, Sarah? No, it's my first time. I have not been, but I've heard that they're super fun. I went to a NASCAR race one time and it was, I, I just thought to myself, I was like, man, like a hundred thousand people go to these every week and people travel around the whole country to watch this. Yeah. I had, I should go to one. And so I went to one and it, it was long, but it was, it was very different perspective than watching it yeah. on TV. Yeah. Like I watch it every weekend or like every weekend when it is on, but it's like, I think being there in a good crowd is going to be so much fun. I, I think I would like the sound. I, I went to the horse races twice, and that was my favorite part. Is just like when this, they come, the sound yeah. is when they come running by. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is the, this? Think Sevon says Brian is one of the lucky few that didn't get thrown in the ovens. You're, are you a Jew, Brian? I have some uh, ancestors that were uh, Jews in Germany in the 30s, and they saw the writing on the wall and got out of there. Oh, yes, Brian, David, I would say that. Brian is one of the lucky ones that didn't get thrown in the oven. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> congratulations on having smart ancestors. That was, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we, that was we the most to... random question we've gotten tonight. <laughs> oh, come on. We were, we were talking about how to get penises on Instagram. This show is touch, uh, every Okay, okay. Um, we, we, have, we have these. You're coming back. And I'm assuming you want you you the, the goal isn't I mean the goal isn't to compete at the CrossFit Games it's to win the CrossFit Games. I and, mean, my goal is to just be able to be an athlete again now. Like okay, I like my comeback won't be at, in Dubai or the next competition I'll compete in. Like my my biggest dream is to have a good comeback at the CrossFit Games, and if it's going to be this year or next year, like I don't know how long I'll be able. Or like how long it takes to get fit again, but I'm on the right road. But there's still a lot of holes that need to be fixed. You you won the open three times. Yeah. 
I so when I worked at CrossFit Inc. and I still I still have this belief today. I thought that winning the Open should be as much prize money as the CrossFit Games. Agree. I, I think that the Open is an argument that, and, and some people don't agree with this, but I think the Open is an argument that you're the fittest human being alive. And here's here's why, because I, I realize that you get time and you get to do them again. Those, but but who cares? Those are just um, the only reason I disagree with that seven is because that's not what it's advertised as. If it was advertised as that, people would prepare for it differently. But knowing what you have to do to qualify, you can choose to come and just do enough to get by if you want to. I don't believe that. I I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think any of these 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 people do that. How many times does how many times do you think Rich has redone an open workout? If he knew that it was for the title or that it was for hundreds of thousands of dollars, he might make a different decision. True. True. Yeah. The, 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 I still don't think that's any fault of the winners. Like I see what you're saying that maybe the competition isn't up to like that top top one percent of one percent of one percent because people are throttling back. But then you could also say that about the person who won it. But I think that winning the open is um, an argument that you're the you're the fittest person alive. And and if there weren't the CrossFit Games, it would be that. But I but I but very valid point that you're saying too. Like if if they told everyone that you would you would you would be more game, is what you're saying, Brian? Yeah, but I don't think the test should be around money. The test is always about are you as fit as you can be, and are you an athlete? Why would you ever put in a score that you're not happy with? Then, like that's how I look at it. I mean, like I trained with Rich, and he redid a workout we all redid a workout like it's we're all athletes and we're competitors and i don't think that any athlete has the mindset of like i did shit in this workout but i'm still just gonna put the score in yeah get him sarah get him fuck you yeah. brian i i've been the fittest on her three times Sivan. uh-oh the hood's, the hood's coming world, up oh shit this means business dude this <laughs> he's going ice fishing <laughs> this hood fits over my earphones <laughs> Um, my room is freezing. I feel like I'm in Iceland and it's so sunny outside. Um, so, so you win the, so you win the open three times. That's so badass. I always wanted them to give fucking shitloads of money for that. I would always get into it with Greg and Dave over that. We'd get into these, Dave would call me a fucking idiot, but I didn't care. I was, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Labrador. I stay focused on the tennis ball. And so, so you win the open three times. Has any other woman, um, has any other person won the open three times? I uh, don't know. I'm pretty sure that Fraser has. Yeah. How about the girl from Australia? The 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 really good one. The Tia Claire Tia? one. Yeah. That the Tia one. No, but think... she's won another competition a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she few sure times. Has. Damn, she's good. So yeah. where I'm going with this is you in my mind, there's these people who who are a threat. The, a threat to Tia and it's, yeah. it's, it's Laura Horvat and, um, Cara Saunders. Yeah. Not Ann. Not, uh, God, Annie's such a wild card, man. Annie is such a wild card. I don't um, know what the R- fuck. Rich has also won Annie. three opens by the way, but, um, Annie was closer to beating her at rogue than, uh, Laura's ever been in any competition. Right. I know Annie's and, and, and what Annie did at the games was freaky too. Let, let's just put Annie on the side just for a second. It's, it's just, um, it's, I don't, I don't understand Annie. I can't figure her out. 
<laughs> but 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 you have Laura Horvat and you have Carson. Fine, I don't care. Let's throw any. So you have these people that are a potential threats to Tia, and then there's just people who just aren't threats to Tia, and that's everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like they just they just aren't. Mm-hmm. They're just like Tia's just like off over on Pluto and the rest of these people are fucking stuck on earth. And, and Laura and Kara and Annie have shown that like, Hey, we can fly out of our galaxy and, and, and get close to her. Um, you are probably, you are a huge unknown, but, but you, you could be in that group. Yeah. Because you have shown stuff that has, has when Sarah and Tia competed against each other, did Sarah beat her in workouts, Brian? Yeah, we were very close to each other at uh, Waterpalooza 2020. And also, can't remember how Rogue went, but I was second there. Kara was third. I think it was more of a battle of me and Kara getting the second place. How about at the games, though? Um, Not after 2017, I would say that. Like oh, I, it seems like forever ago. It it feels like forever. Like 2018 for me, I broke the rib. 2019, I didn't make the cut, and then 2020 was the online competition. So I still have it left in the tank. I think. I agree with that. I agree with that too. When you broke your rib, did you? It's this top one up here. You broke. No, so I broke my first rib 2017, uh, recovered from that, and then I broke my ninth rib nine months later. And where is your first rib? Is that from the bottom or the top? First rib is here. Oh. And ninth rib is almost, yeah. And how did you break your first rib, and how did you break your ninth rib? What was the movement that you were doing? First rib was overtraining, and it wasn't actually in a movement. It just, like, I, it had been broken for about two to three three months but i only felt it in my shoulder so we didn't even expect it was the first rip um and then the ninth rip broke in a warm-up in deadlifts because i had such a i had like a thick leather belt and we had crossfit total and uh i was just doing a warm-up set and broke it when you watch your deadlift from the crossfit Don't total talk about the deadlift does that pain? Does it bring pain to you? <laughs> we brought yeah, up dick problem- pics. We brought up trans athletes. She's game, and then you're like, you bring up a deadlift. She's like, no, no, don't bring that up. Yeah, don't bring that up. No, okay. Try deadlifting with a broken rib. You will never experience so much pain in your life. Actually, that's good for for people to to hear you say that because if they ever watch that, if you watch that back, I mean, it looks painful, and it's it and was obviously it was so painful, like. So what's the video? Happened- Sorry, refresh me. What's the video we're talking about? We're not going to watch the video because <laughs> I would cry of shame. So let me explain this to you guys. So okay. I was in the warm up before we went out for Cross the Total. And there was only about 75 kilos on the bar. And I was so pissed because I messed up the first workout or like the bike workout. So I put the belt extra tight and I I used this belt one time in my life, but everybody was recommending like a thick leather belt because it gives you more kilos. And I was like, yeah, I need all the, I need all the weight today because I fucked up the first workout and I put it on and then I go down and I just hear the click and I was like, oh fuck, I broke my rib. Like you just knew it. Like I just knew it. And I was like, if I loosen up the belt, I'm going to feel more pain. So I'm not going to loosen up the belt. So I had the belt so tight for about 20 minutes. Oh my and then 
I went on the competition floor and was squatting and it was like squatting wasn't the worst, but uh, strict trust, you can see it that I couldn't use my right. I was using my left the whole time. And then the deadlifts, like I went for a heavy load in the first attempt and I was just like, this is going to be painful. You just have to accept the pain because you haven't come this far to give up now. But this is like, then we had to row a marathon in the evening and that's the biggest pain that I've ever experienced in my life. You did that with a broken rib too? Yes. And the the 30 muscle-ups. No, I couldn't do, oh yeah, the 30 muscle-ups, yeah. But I think the muscle-ups were before the CrossFit total. They they might have been, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the order, but I just remember rowing the marathon and yeah. I, um, when I was in college, I was playing frisbee, and it was a it was a rainy night, and we were playing in a parking lot, and someone threw a frisbee, and I was running full speed, and I didn't care, and I dove on concrete to catch it, and you know those parking blocks, oh, God. you know those parking blocks that are on the ground, they're cement parking blocks. I yeah. landed over one of those and broke my rib, and I didn't know I broke my. Did rib. you catch the frisbee? I did catch yeah. the frisbee. Like, I did worth it. But, but but when I broke my rib, I all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't breathe deeply and your heart rate is so high. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went into a sheer panic. Like I thought, oh, fuck, I'm going to die here. Like so my friends flipped me over and I was like, oh, like I just I'm like I'm never going to breathe again. Hobart yeah. had another great comment, by the way, Savan. I ignore. I'm ignoring. <laughs> um, the comment? I'm afraid at any moment he's going to pop in the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> did you so when you're you're out you're out there competing and your rib breaks does it knock the wind out of you it was like i was trying to hide it from my coach because i mean i had just come from a rib injury and i was like okay it's not gonna get worse like you just have a broken rib like that's that was my mindset i was like i can push through pain the adrenaline will help me i'm gonna try to hide it and then we had the power clean and jerk letter. Yeah, that was the next day, I think. No, we had the obstacle course and I had to put the weighted vest on me. And that was oh, the most painful. Uh, that was the battleground. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever feel like you were going to throw up because the pain was so bad? Yeah, yeah, many times. And my heart rate was like 180 without even moving, like just having the weighted vest on. My body was in such a defense mode. But it was like, yeah. It was insane how I could focus when the like the clock went on. It was like, yeah. Three, two, one, go, and, and, and the pain would go away for a little bit, and then the second yeah, and, done, it would and come And then back. I would finish the workout, and I would be in so much pain again, and I would be, like, stuck with my hands up. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough time, and I, I had to stop – before the bar muscle up workout because I couldn't jump up to the bar anymore. It's I do not understand amazing. these people. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. This guy, Gerardo gives Camacho gives $10 to the show. And I'm thinking, I wonder what happened, why he gave $10. Then he writes this $10 for the broken rib story. How about 25 for the dick pic story? <laughs> yeah. The broken Fuckers. rib story is much better, you know? I, I mean, thank you, Gerardo. You're ready to have kids, Sarah. Between the throwing up from menstrual cramps and the broken rib on the floor, like <laughs> This is all warm up. This is all warm up for the future actually, for my five yeah. kids. It's yeah. amazing how much how many more events you did after that that year. Yeah, like 
I look back at it now and I'm like, okay, I'm so embarrassed to say this out loud that I competed with a broken rib and everything, but it's just I think like, it's cool. like, it's just the competitiveness that's in me of just like, I wanted to fight and I didn't want to give up. I finally <clears throat> came from the other broken rib where I didn't know where I was standing. And I was just like, I didn't want to give up if I could actually do the stuff, but did you, um, do you talk to Brooke Wells after this year's games by any chance? I didn't know. I just sent her a message because of her elbow. Like I, I've not spoken at all oh, yeah, to her. Yeah, but just yeah, just that to reach out to her, and, you know, because you've been there before. You know, doing doing well, prepared for competition, and yeah, it's just it's such a heartbreak. And I we were actually texting the other day, or when she posted the story about her elbow, like the re, like how rehab is going and everything. And yeah, I mean, this is just the part of being an athlete. I think like some people get more serious injuries and some don't and you can't control it, but you can make the best out of it. Yeah. And it's just like, you guys are a tight knit group. You know, there's not that many of you that are that good that are in that uh, situation. So it's cool to be able to offer some support to her. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sarah competed with a broken rib while you guys are dropping out of rogue because of allergies. <laughs> Fuck, no one's nice. This is brutal. What a beatdown. Uh, when, when, what was interesting to me is when you said when you picked it up, your rib broke it, it, and you said it was because of the belt. But after I broke my rib, I, I mean, it really hurt. I went to the doctor. There's like nothing we can do. It just has to no. heal itself. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't know if it was a month later or three weeks later, I was, I, I had these two 20 pound dumbbells. And I picked up the 20 pound dumbbell and I, I, my rib re fucking broke and I heard it snap and it was so oh. fucking painful again. I was like, are you kidding me? I wonder if I was starving myself then. I should look back at that. Was that maybe your menstrual case? cycle was bad also? Yeah. Well, my menstrual cycle is always bad. That's my wife. Overtrained. That's your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sevon is borrowing that vest from a sweet Mexican lady he met getting his nails done. Dude, Sean, look at your fucking picture. Don't talk shit to me. Look at your fucking picture. Dude. 20 burpees for you. I think yeah. he said that was a he tried to he was trying to draw you when he made that. Yeah. Uh oh, um, it does it did kind of look like me, like if me and you had a kid, Brian. <laughs> um how how are you how are you doing? Do you have to pee or anything? No, I'm good. You're good. Okay. Um, you worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I did. Yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> tell me about like how, like not just working there, but how did is is that the first job you have? Why did you choose KFC? What was the application <laughs> process like? Shit like that. Um, no, it was actually not the first job I had. The first job I had was um, counting postcards for my grandpa so my grandpa owns a po or owned a postcard company so i started working when i was probably 11 or 12 okay. counting cards and um and then i went my second job was i was working in church like a church uh cards church cards <laughs> yeah what does that mean like the envelopes that people donate money in you would open it and take the cash out yeah, of course. No, I would I would have the church open for people that needed to come in and guard the church. Oh, church guard. Yeah. Like church, like the God church, like the Christian one. Like, yeah, there's like a Jesus statue in there. No, but there should be a statue of me after working there, you know. How long did you have that job? 
that was the year. And then the year after I started working at KFC. So KFC was probably, yeah, one of my favorite like periods of time. Like it was so much fun. We were like three best friends that worked there. So we would just be eating KFC the whole evening, like the popcorn chicken, the small chicken, eating fries and like This is before the boot camp. <laughs> yeah, this is before the boot camp. But <laughs> but I, I had to bike to work, which was like one and a half mile. And because I biked there, I deserved to eat a lot. Makes how sense do you how do you bike in um um in Iceland? In Iceland, yeah. You wear you have like the nails and the tires. You're not fucking with me. That's true. Yeah. Do you crash a lot? No. Wow. Can you imagine, Brian? Have you ever ridden a bike in snow? Have you ever ridden a bike with nails in the tires? <laughs> no. It's yeah, so, so stable. Yeah. It's not. It's nuts. Um, do you slide around a lot? It's not scary. No, I mean it's just like driving. Like you can't put the brake. Like you can't like press the brake hardcore, then you'll slide. Uh, James, Sevon, the whole place is not made of ice. The fuck, it's not. I've been there. The fuck, it's not. But they we don't still even live in snow houses. Yes, yes, and you guys don't have any bugs there either. No, we actually don't. <laughs> yes, is that what the tires look like? Can you see yeah. them? Yeah. Wow. And so, do you change your tires when the when the when it's summertime, like a car? So you have the same tire, or yeah, you change, like, you have the winter tires that have the nails in, and then you change it into summer tires. I would have two different bikes. Yeah, or that. Yeah, I, I ball too hard to have a, I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't Seven, he can't carve out a half hour twice a year to change his tires. No. <laughs> okay, so, so when you go, so you see KFC, you and your friends, so you go there, you work there, because all of you guys are like, hey, let's all work at KFC together. So you yeah, guys all so go in. Fill out the yeah, application. So I, used to, so I used to work in a bakery in the day. So like from eight to four, and then I would bike to KFC and work from five to 10. Oh. And so when I was closing the bakery, I would be like taking a bite of all the donuts and everything that was left in the bakery when, because you have to throw everything out. And then, yeah, I would ride my bike and make my own senior twister. And it was like, yeah. Mm. It was such a good time. Dude, but what a great like, job eating all the just bites of leftover. Like you could take a bite out of a hundred different donuts and just be just yeah, throwing donuts around. Exactly. You Like the rule was to take a bite of everything before throwing it out. Like me and my friend just did that. Um, KFC boasts eight locations around the country in Iceland, <laughs> sprinkling towns big and small with its 11 herbs and spices. Wow. So, so there's eight. <laughs> does Iceland have KFC? Well, Iceland does not sell the official KFC. It's not an official KFC. KFC in Iceland is better than KFC in the States. I can All tell right. you that. All right. But it's doing a fried chicken bundle capable of feeding four people for five pounds. It includes a choice of chicken. Huh. How many McDonald's <laughs> are there in Iceland? How None. did you guys choose KFC? Why didn't you choose like Taco Bell or something? We also have Taco Bell. Like Taco Bell and KFC is a combined chain in Iceland. But why didn't why did you choose um, uh, KFC to uh, work? Just it was it close was to your house, like, or no? It was just like um, yeah, I just applied and got the job, <laughs> and it was good hours. Had you ever eaten at um, KFC before working there? Yeah, of course. I don't. I don't know if I've. I've probably been to K Kentucky Fried Chicken like twice. Oh, I life. was there 
a lot. Like KFC is very big in Iceland. It's like a common place to go to. Do they have one in Dubai? Not sure. But that's plan B if uh, if I can't compete on this. Uh, She'll be camera. there in the stands with a big tub yeah. of chicken. This yeah. is going to take a crazy turn here. You ready for this? There's a guy. There's a guy named Lincoln Brown. Now, I don't know this guy. But I think he was vying for the job to become president of CrossFit. These are just horrible rumors I'm starting right now. But he was around. He started cozying up to Greg when – Greg's wife was trying to sell the company. So when Greg got a divorce from his wife, she tried to sell the company. And you can't do that in the United States. You can't sell the fucking company. You have to give your your when you're getting a divorce, you can't just sell half your house. You got to give your husband or your wife a chance to buy it. And she didn't do that. She just tried to sell it. And so this guy, Lincoln Brown, started cozying up to 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 Greg at the time. And um it, it was basically trying to become Greg's friend. And Greg was impressed by him. I, of course, hated his guts because I don't like anyone cozying up next to anything that I'm cozied up next to. And so, <laughs> like, if you started co- – if, like, I found out you text Brian after the show, I'd start to hate you, Sarah, because then that yeah, would be like, I, I would understand that. cozy yeah. up to Brian. And they do. The yeah. guests fucking do that. They they t- start texting Brian afterwards. I mean, fucking nuts. Um, and so this guy – so then this this guy then – I don't know what happens. He kind of vanishes off the scene. Oh, so then so then when Greg's getting canceled this most recent time, he's like – he he's – he kind of jumped ship a little bit from from the rumors I'm hearing. He was actually trying to get Greg to then sell the company and was trying to like pull strings from the back to get control of the company. And I think he was maybe even u- using Julie Fouché to do that. He may even be dating. I I think him and Julie Fouché are dating. Man, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this. No, anyway, she's married. No, 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 no. That dude. They they that that. Oh, she's not married. Saying, man, Sarah's just off and fucking. Formula One land with ballers. Yeah. She's so behind the CrossFit gossip. No, no, Julie, that gets, something happened there. Like either she likes girls or that guy's gay or he was cheating or something. Bad, something happened there. I don't want to say bad. Or Lincoln Brown something. did what he always does and cozies up next to someone who's taken. Yeah, maybe Lincoln Brown banged her and, and, and he got something, something like something there's a great story there. there. There's a fucking amazing story there as long as it's not your life. Yeah. But it would make a great movie. Anyways, yeah. but this guy, Lincoln Brown, I know you're like, what the fuck does this have to do with KFC? <laughs> this guy, Lincoln Brown, I think his dad is like richer than God and he got richer than God from buying K- the KFC chain. Oh. So CrossFit is somehow – and then I think he was vying for the f- position to try to become president of CrossFit, but then him and Rosa had a falling out. But now Rosa's like – in a mental hospital, so maybe Lincoln can come back in. This needs to be a fucking movie. But anyway, yeah. that's there is some Link love there, there yeah. uh, between CrossFit and KFC. There is a uh, there's See, a synergy there. There's something going on. I would say that it like everything happens for a reason, and there's a reason why I worked at KFC, right? You guys are like, yes, of course. Everyone who's listening to the show is like, oh my, like everyone's already glued to their screen. Oh my God, he has Sarah's signal. Snorri is, Snorri is and- contacting KFC right now. <laughs> <laughs> this show, Sarah, this is the best show we've ever done. Yeah, right. This is the best show. You, you, for the most superficial reasons, uh, be, uh, because you're the prettiest person we've ever had on the show and for deep, <laughs> deep reasons and entertaining reasons. So it's, it's and got, wide, we've covered the spectrum. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We've gone, we've gone. Okay, so, so, um, are are you religious? Are you a religious person? How did you end up at a church? Uh, it was Have you accepted like, Jesus Christ as your savior? I won't say that. No. Oh. 
I'm not very religious, to be honest. I'm I'm spiritual. You should. If someone offers, you should. Why not hedge your bets? I've been uh, twice. I've accepted him as my savior, just in case. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I might think like that, but nah, nah. no, no. You would feel like um, it's. Go ahead. What did you say? You would think it would be insincere, and you wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I think so. I think I need to stand to what I like. You have to be authentic, right? You have to be exactly how you are. Can't the, fake I, something. I, I was in London and this guy came up to me and basically say, said, hey, will you accept Jesus Christ as your savior? I said, sure. And then he said, repeat after me. And I, I did the whole thing. And then and then like 10 years later, I was somewhere and someone asked me again, Seven, will you accept Jesus Christ as your savior? And I did. And I did the whole thing again. And then my sister's like, I thought you already accepted Jesus as your savior. She goes, I go, I did. And she goes, well, why did you do it again? I go, fucking why not double down on that shit yeah exactly so you know so, the third time's the charm well i'm hook someone hook me up. i think jason <laughs> i think jason hopper is going to do it for me the next time i think he yeah. thinks i did it wrong yeah maybe i should try it also um so are you're not religious but you worked in a church yeah i was just a guard in the church almost like i was just young 15 years old and it was a shitty job that didn't pay well and they just found this girl in the town and and uh yeah let me be the guard did you have a gun no but i did have a like a a proper icelandic sweater made out of uh lamp hair like woven Uh. what's it called i think it's called woven shirt or like woven sweater wool woolen woolen Oh, and they gave you that because you had to be outside and it was freezing? No, you could be inside. They just wanted me to look Icelandic because there were a lot of tourists that were coming to the church. They're like, "Uh, could you always wear that wool sweater that we gave you and have two braids? And I was like, yes. And a Viking helmet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the Christian church. It's not the Thor's church. I'm kind of intrigued by this uh, authentic Icelandic sweater. I, I think I would like one of those. Yeah, like you have to have one. Like I have like five. It's probably like <laughs> six hundred bucks, dude. It's probably, yeah, probably so more. expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you bring one to Madison next year, I won't be upset. Yeah, I'll I'll bring one for you. No problem. But it like it tickles a lot because it's like proper sheep hair. And this dude, this dude Lincoln Brown, his dad was the governor of Kentucky. And then he See, bought Kentucky Fried loop, Chicken, yeah. and, and like, and I think like he was like an amazing businessman and turned it into just fucking gazillions of dollars. Imagine if Lincoln Brown's dad bought this, uh, the rights to this um, wool sweater in Iceland, he could fucking turn into a billion dollar property. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh yeah, and he's handsome. I, I've always heard uh, that Lincoln Brown's like one of the most charming people around. I also heard he's a hardcore Christian. Uh, but uh, we digress. Did you ever drink a lot of alcohol? No. No. Never. Like, I party when I can party. Like, if if I finish a competition, I don't hate getting a drink or something like that. But I've never been a big drinker. I started drinking when I was probably, yeah, I started drinking pretty late. And then I was already an athlete. So you don't really want to sacrifice your shape and everything for. Did you, yeah, ever, for smoke cig- did you ever smoke cigarettes? No, I've never touched a cigarette. And you, did you ever smoke marijuana? No. No, you don't burn anything and, and breathe in the, 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 no, the fumes into your lungs? That. You don't think yeah. that's good for your lungs? Yeah. Sarah, is there, a, is there any kind of like famous Icelandic 
drink alcoholic or not that's like a warm thing that just like everyone drinks there no it's like proper snaps it's called um death it's like uh death snaps <laughs> like or burning snaps so strong and it has like cumin in it it's pretty, i'll bring that also to madison and usually like i don't know Iceland, if we'll i don't know how much i want to drink it in uh, august <laughs> what do you say you don't like I don't it know. i think that seems sounds like better to save for january <laughs> january yeah yeah Oh, so many topics. Oh, King Simi. <laughs> Your dad's name King Simi? No, we call him King Simi. King Simi. Or like the guys in my gym call him King Simi. He's earned it. He's earned it. Definitely earned it. This is the last question I have for you. I mean, I have more questions for you, but but we're at <laughs> two and a half hours. D- those boys on the Great Britain bobsledding team. Yes. Did you date any of those boys? <laughs> no, I did not. No? Did I they met try- them for the first time. Did they try to date you? No. Who did you like the most of them? Who were you expecting me to date? The one you were standing closest to in the photo. I was sitting in the photo, right? Uh, maybe, maybe leaning against something. Can you do- Oh, thank you, Susa. You're the bomb. Oh, no. Can you go to her Instagram? Go. To- okay, fine. I'm on her Instagram right now, too. Let me see. Uh. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, you are. See- no, there was another. There was another picture. Not that picture. Then maybe I saw it on a website somewhere. There was mm. a picture where it's just three of them. Um. No, but I had never met those guys before, and uh, made them do a CrossFit workout with me, and they loved it. Did they, did they do pretty well? They. <laughs> <laughs> they were good for like 15 to 20 seconds <laughs> sounds like a regular dude yeah <laughs> but uh yeah they were um they were surprising like one of them uh i think has done some military and crossfit so he he actually surprised me a lot the other two were were struggling a bit <laughs> um when I think of when I think of bobsledding athletes, I just think of it. I, I don't. It's not that I don't respect the people who do it. I don't respect that event in in the Olympics. Here's the reason why the Jamaica the, there was the Jamaican bobsled team. Then I have a friend here in the United States, an old family friend who went to become on the um. um he was a water polo player and he went to be on the Armenian bobsledding team. Tia is doing bobsledding. I feel like she's just doing bobsledding because that's like something that like any fucking jackass can do. Who's like a good athlete. Then this other guy I made a movie about his name is, um, uh, he was in the movie I made pulling John. His name is God. He's a Russian. He went to the Olympics in judo and then he was the world's best arm wrestler for a little while. What's his name? He looked like a vampire man. If you and this guy had kids, Sarah, what is that guy's (laughs) name? He's this massive man from Sochi, Russia. Black hair. What is his you name? Need to remember anyone... this. Oh my god, he was the star of the movie. I went to Russia and filmed with him for weeks. Come on, Nasim. Was it Vesiliki? How do you say this? Yeah, it started with Vesil- a V. Vesiliki Konsari. No, that was my girlfriend at the time. She was the. Oh yeah, the... that's the director. Yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway, he was he did the bobsledding for Russia. But he was really a judo guy. Are these guys like who do bobsled? Like, were they all from other disciples? Like, dis- I mean, disciplines. Like, did they? 
Did, did you get that feeling from them that they're just washed up athletes who are trying to have one last hurrah and go into the Olympics? I know that's like, harsh, but. I don't know their background well enough to know it. That little guy has no business being on the bobsled team. What the fuck is that dude doing on there? Is it Vovoda, Seva? Yeah, Alexi Vovoda. Yes. If you could pull up a picture of Alexi Vovoda, man, him and Sarah would make an amazing couple. Holy shit. <laughs> don't say this. Vaughn will be jealous. I'm sorry, Vaughn. Sorry. <laughs> um, what did you get any vibe like that from them that like Bob the bobsled guys are just like I think it's I think like bobsled is like a, a sport that you can start pretty late in and if you're powerful. Like I mean there yeah, are a few That's what I meant. Girls. You said it nicer yeah. than I did. Yeah, like I would I would say that there are a few crossword girls <laughs> now that have attempted it and that's like um uh Kelsey. I don't know if you know Kiel, Kelsey Keel. Yeah, like she she was attempting it. I don't I don't know how it's going. And then Colleen Fotts also, but she ruptured her ACL uh, two weeks after me, so she's in the same process as me. Um, and then Tia, like you say, but it's almost like like you say, it's like the last run. And if you're powerful, you you can go for it. Yeah, that that girl. Colleen Fox. Yeah. Yeah. She, I think she, I think she was from my area, Berkeley or something. Oh, wait, do you see this picture of Alexi? I'm going to put up here. This is the guy. <laughs> he's like, he's like six, five. He's massive. I, I think see he's the a, vam- I see the vampire characteristics or traits, but he's way bigger than any vampire you've ever met. <laughs> oh, he's the biggest vampire ever, but he's so white and his hair is so black on his head. And it was so thick and greasy. It was amazing. Yeah, it's good that you want me to marry him. <laughs> I'm just an option. Just an option. <laughs> he didn't say anything about marriage. Just one kid. Yeah, but <laughs> Thank like, you. you have- Thank you, Brian. <laughs> I'm mixing Vaughn up with him, you know? Sorry. Yes, yes. Get the kid. Get the kid with Vaughn the doesn't mind. Vaughn doesn't mind. He'll loan you out. You can have a kid with yeah, that yeah. guy. Just- it's true. He's low maintenance. You can do what you want. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Sarah is too good for Alexi. You're probably right. Hey, what if Thank Sarah's you, too? What if Sarah's too good to ever marry anyone? Oh shit, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> what if I tell you I don't even believe in marriage? That would you, you would. I didn't believe in marriage either. I don't believe in marriage either. I don't believe in marriage either. We'd be we'd be on the same page. Yeah, that's good. I so I I uh, had my wife and I didn't want to have kids and we didn't want to get married. And then she started hanging around. Then after like 20 years, she was around some women who were like breastfeeding and shit like that. And she was like, oh, hey, I want one of those. I want to experience that. I was like, all right, cool. So then we just pulled the goalie, you know, and then she got pregnant. She had a baby. But then somewhere when she was pregnant with this, the next time, um, because once a girl gets pregnant, you don't have to practice safe sex anymore. Like you can, you don't have to practice contraception because she can't get pregnant again. So yeah. then we got lazy and stopped practicing contraception. So then she got pregnant again and she had twins. So now we have three fucking kids. But at some point I was just like, we decided that we would get married because, um, for financial reasons. So basically exactly. in, ca- in case yeah. one of us died, yeah. like, you know, her, um, my family didn't come in and try to take all our money or her family didn't. I mean, yeah, exaggerating. Yeah. It's like the but, security or insurance yeah. of if somebody dies. Yeah. But then once we got married, Sarah, I was kind of like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. It was weird. I didn't expect it. Yeah. 
whatever. I don't believe in it either. Whatever. I love my wife. Like, why, if you're in a perfect relationship for 20 years, would you fuck it up by trying to add something like marriage to it? Yeah, exactly. But, but like you say, it's, it's almost an insurance, but yeah, maybe it can change in the future. Maybe that's also why I need to accept Jesus Christ for the third time because (laughs) I had kids out of wedlock. Exactly. Um, all dudes struggling to pick their jaws up after that comment. I don't remember what that comment was, but I but but I feel you. I like it. Sarah's an honest woman. No marriage, no kids. I think she's going to end up having kids. Yeah, I'm going to have kids. 100%. All right. Sarah, thank you. Two hours and 39 minutes of your time. That is awesome. We are lucky. Yeah. It was a very good two hours and 39 minutes. We take it very seriously when we have people on. We want to grow as people when we have our guests on, and we want our guests to, I mean, to say that they grew. I don't know if that's right, but we want it to add value to their life. So, yeah. I I, I care that my guests like me or that at least enjoyed their time on the show. Yeah. I promise I won't text Brian after. I'll text you. You will text Brian. I I know how it works. Lots of laughter, (laughs) and that's always good. Yeah. So lots of laughter, yeah. Matt Souza, thanks for. There's a saying that if you laugh, you are lengthening your life. There we go. I believe it. Uh, Matt, thanks for bringing up all the videos. I don't. Matt, are you in a submarine? (laughs) No. Why does it sound bad? No, kinda. Sounds like you're in a submarine or something. Um, Matt, uh, you did a great job. I'm really disappointed you didn't bring up the video of her breaking her rib. But way to respect the guest. I'm very happy that you didn't. Yeah, she asked. She made it clear that she didn't want it. But one more thing before you go, Sarah. I hope this. Uh, we're talking about adding value here. Just wanted to share this with you real quick to add to your collection. Relentless. If you know who Michael uh, Jordan is, this was his uh, trainer. Oh. And he wrote this book, Relentless. Good to great, yeah. unstoppable. And um, I think you would uh, enjoy that in your repertoire. Oh yes, I've watched like the Michael Jordan series, like. Five yeah. times probably. So you'll you'll really like that book. Then uh, Tim Grover was his um, was his uh, personal trainer throughout his career. Yeah, yeah. On it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. <laughs>